I hate to go all technical on you, but all hands on deck, swirly thing alert! Attention! Listen, you motherfuckers. Buckle up, pedal heads. You're experiencing the Lotus Effect with Phoenix and Phone Boy. Are you fucking it high? Was- yes, I am! Asshole face man! You are my podcast. My only podcast. So if you fucking take my podcast away, I'm going to shove my foot so far up your ass. Oh talking. my God. It's very creepy. Just a little weird. Maybe it'll catch on. Who knows? It is out of sheer morbid curiosity. I'm allowing this freak show to continue. How do you fix that, though? Take a big step back and literally suck my dick. Do I have your attention? Send your dick pics. <laughs> I got a whole folder full of dick pics, okay? Are you interested? I know you are because it's fuck or walk. You're shitting me. Have you made your decision for Christ? To tell you the truth, I don't give a shit. I would not say such things if I were you. Who the fuck are you? Phone Boy and Phoenix. I don't know, Phone Boy. Those two are those two are pretty interesting to listen to. Oh, they're horrible. They're fucking nuts! But they don't know shit about fuck, clearly. You just can't trust them. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Bullshit. Now with twice the whores. The offensive has begun. That's right. Right here, right now, you're experiencing episode 114 of the Lotus Effect, provisionally titled White Trash Drama. And you can't trust a damn thing we say, but there is one thing you can trust, and that's that I am Phoenix. I'm the captain of my own motherfucking ship. Yeah, well, I don't know. Another thing you can count on, I guess, is that that I'm phone boy. Thank you, Captain Jack. Well, um, you know, we are supposed to. You know, we've been, we've been, we missed y'all. You know, been- we have a whole week away from you, fine folks, and we're just jonesing to get back into the swing of ding ding. That's right. So, um, yeah, we've got a we we're gonna have a lot of toast and jam this week. So I'm not gonna, I can, I'll, I'll I'll warn you up front. But uh, well, before we can get to toast and jam, we gotta do we got we got we gotta get started. What is this a freak out? This is kind of strange. This is terrific. I think I'm going to be sick. Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a-glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes! The danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing, and they're certainly not showing... I just had an orgasm. Oh, me too. That's right. The Lotus affects everyone differently. So however or wherever the Lotus is affecting you, thank you for your courage and for propagating the model of the Podfather himself. Now, if you're new to the No Agenda family, where the fuck have you been? Welcome. And here's how it works. Benjamins and Boostergrams. Now, I won't say that I um, understand everything, but it was certainly uh, different and Oh, uh, yes. Well, well worth a dollar. Yes. Well, we hope that it is well worth more than just a dollar to y'all, the entertainment that we provide. So we're a value for value podcast. And that means that whatever value you get from the entertainment that we provide you, just try to give back a little bit with either your time, your talent or your treasure. And the way that you can do that is... Thus, you can go to lotuseffect.show and click on the green We Like Money button. Send us some of those Fiat Fun coupons that 
they are trying to take away and and make digital, and then they'll expire, and it's a whole bunch of bad shit going on. You know, it's, it's bad enough that they're not just printing more of them. Well, yeah, they they absolutely have no value. It's 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 all a scam, as JCD would say. Now you can also send us boostergrams using a podcasting two point app, and what's that? You don't have a podcasting 2.0 app? Well, what the fuck is wrong with you? Go take off all your clothes. Go to nudepodcastapps.com. Or if you're shy, leave all your clothes on. Go to newpodcastapps.com. Or if, or if it's cold, you don't want, you know, you don't want to. Oh, my God. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's getting to be winter and shit. So, yeah, go get yourself one of them 2.0 apps. And uh, that way you can boost your favorite podcast like the bullshit you're hearing now. Now, you can also send us something in the mail. If you want our physical address, you can hit us up in the back channel. We'll be more than glad to give it to you. And you can send us some value for value. And some of the people who are getting on the value for value train, starting with Mama T. Thank you so much. We do this thing called Rideshare Radio and also Studio 33. You may have heard of it, where you can boost the song you want to hear. And we do accept Fiat Fun Coupon Boost as well as Boostograms with Satoshi. So $1 got ACDC's Hell's Bells for Mama T played at the top of the list. And we also had Sharky, who boosted 1043, saying Big Green Tractor Jason Aldean. Now, we didn't have a lot of Boostograms because, well, you know, we just came back off of vacation. What do yeah, you expect? Exactly. But if you want to be part of this Boostergram party, like I said, go to new or nudepodcastapps.com and get you one of them 2.0 compliant apps where you can boost your favorite podcast. Or, of course, you know, there is another way. I got mail. Yay! You can send us feedback. You can message us on No Agenda Social. I'm Phoenix, P-H-E-O-N-I-X, at noagendasocial.com, and Phoneboy is at Phoneboy at noagendasocial.com. Hey, wait a minute. You have a bunch of other stuff after your name, P-H-E-O-N-I-X, with a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, but trust me, there's only one of me, and everybody knows that there's a lot. That goes into being Phoenix. So you can imagine there's a lot that goes into my name on No Agenda Social. So yes, it's P-H-E-O-N-I-X with a bunch of stuff after it, which at some point I should probably put that in the show notes so that people can make sure that they're getting the correct Phoenix when either telling me that they or I, can link, or, or, I should link it, or I should link it in the show notes is probably what we should do. But anyway, you know, we, we could. Now, you can also send us an email, phoneboy at lotuseffect.show, phoenix at lotuseffect.show. You can send us snail mail. Like I said, hit us up in the back channel. We'll be glad to provide you an address. You can also participate in the refire topic by calling 253-237-3321. One ringy dingy. Two ringy dingy. Dell computers, this is Chip. That's right. Ernestine and Chip are not standing by, but Google Voices, and it'll be sure to mangle your transcript. And this week, we want to know, what's your go-to Christmas song? What song is not... You, you have to hear this song in order for it to be Christmas. It, it just has to happen. It's not Christmas till you hear that one song. What is that song for you? 253-237-3321. Or if you want to weigh in on any other topic we've had, you can also do so. Uh, yes, you can. And, and in fact, um, I, we may open the phone lines at, at, at some point during this process. If you're listening live, you can uh, you can join in and, and be part of the conversation that we're having. But uh, um, but uh, we are. Uh, yeah, we got a, God, we got a lot to talk about. <laughs> so um 
We really do. Uh, but, uh, you know, of course, we also just 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 remember y'all now, I guess it, it, just uh, it's time to do this. So just sit right down, relax, open your ears real wide and say, give it to me straight, doctor. I can take it. That's right. We can take it. But there is one thing we're not taking. We don't want your shit. Please, Please don't send us your shit. shit. That's right. Be respectful with your feedback. Whether you like us or hate us, just be respectful. Uh, because we're not going to put up with any racism. We're not going to put in it up with any hate, especially any, you know, anti-Israel rhetoric. We, we don't want to fucking hear it. So just keep it to yourself. And another thing that needs to be kept to yourself is the shit that comes out of this fucking company, which is the beginning of our health segment. Brought to you by Pfizer. Because, you know. Zero. Yeah. Zero is a wonderful thing. In fact, Zero is my hero. Okay, before I go on with this story, now, now you might wonder. Okay, well, first of all, what the hell was that? If you're if you're if you're not of a certain age, well, that's okay. That's Schoolhouse Rock, and I actually remember because we're old. Because we're old. Well, I'm I'm old specifically. I re, okay, I remember. This is, this is an anecdote. I so I used to operate the uh, the film projectors in in, in in elementary school, and actually that was one of the that was one of the shorts that they had on it after whatever video that they had. They had a couple or whatever whatever the movie was about. It was probably, you know, some some you know some educational thing. I don't know anyway, but um, now, of course, the reason why it's relevant to the story about coronary calcium scores is, yeah, if you get a zero, that's good. So my so it's my heroes and 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 you know now and this is this is a story it talks about now coronary calcium scores are highly effective in identifying heart disease in people without any known risk factors now um, so while high cholesterol high blood pressure diabetes and smoking are all well known heart disease risks not everyone who has a heart attack has them and in fact previous research has shown that 14 to 27 percent of heart attack patients have none of these risk factors now a study from the researchers at Intermountain Health in Salt Lake City finds that these patients had one thing in common. They all tended to have higher levels of coronary calcium. Now, the results of the new Intermountain study shows that scans that detect this kind of plaque buildup should be considered as part of standard care, even in the absence of the four standard modifiable risk factors, so that these party, uh, patients can be diagnosed and treated before their first heart attack ever occurs. Now, in the, in the study, Intermountain researchers identified 429 heart attack patients who also had coronary ar artery calcium scans. Uh, yeah, if you get an angiogram, you can have the same thing done, by the way. Um, now, of those, 369 had standard modifiable risk factors, which and, and it uses, uh, yeah, the, the, which has the acronym SMURF, uh, which I thought is interesting. Uh, like a diagnosis or treatment of higher hypertension, hyperlipidemia, diabetes, or smoking. And 60 did not. SMURFless. Now, that's a that's a potential show title, I guess. Um, SMURFless? Yes. Yeah, and okay, so I, I would really like to kind of double click on that for just a moment. I find the irony thick considering the fact that if you end up having a heart attack and you are suffering from hypoxia, which is a lack of oxygen, you turn blue. Da, 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 da. Anyway. You're a sick man, phone boy. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I, I am. Yeah, that's why you love me. Um, yes, so, it is. Um, so researchers examine these patients' calcium artery scan scores and then also at major adverse cardiovascular events like another heart attack, stroke, or death at 60 days and, and long term. Now, 
Researchers found that Smurfless patients had high rates of and higher percentile of coronary calcium scores. They also found that 77% of these patients meet or met their criteria for preventative therapy like statins and or aspirin. Now, patients with Smurf, as expected, also had high CAC scores and percentiles. Outcomes were more favorable overall for Smurfless patients and for those patients with lower coronary artery calcium scores. Now, while while calcium scans are becoming more and more common and affordable, they're still not part of the guidance-directed standard of care. Now, I, I actually, and again, I, I, I think I've told this story before. It, 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 at some point, I was on the fat man's cocktail, and then I, and then I got wise to, and I started reading, just, just even the stuff that comes with it, with the, uh, with the drugs. And I said, oh, so this disease that I'm trying to reverse, um, this drug that you have me on, uh, it, it says it's a side effect. Um, no, okay. So then I went to my doctor and I said, Hey, um, so why is it that you have me on a statin again? Oh, risk factors, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, let's actually find out what really is going on. Right. Um, so I want a calcium scan done. And he said, okay, you know, okay, that, that sounds fair. Came back with a zero. And this was, you know, this was, I don't know, seven years ago now at this point, I guess. But, um, but uh, yeah, and that's, and, and this is, again, you know, so there's no, you know, if that should also tell you if you don't need to take a statin, this is probably why this will never be part of the standard of care because they'd filter out a bunch of people that probably don't need, that probably don't need statins or delay the, de delay the introduction of statins. You know, all the guidelines and stuff are all based around the fact that you can get more pharma. And that's ultimately the goal of these clowns. So basically, you know, don't take a statin unless you get a calcium score and there's a damn solid reason to do so is what we are saying. And uh, don't be drinking uh, no lemonade from Panera. Yeah, exactly. Now, according to a lawsuit filed by family members uh, uh, earlier this week, a 46-year-old Dennis uh, Brown fell dead uh, on, a side, on a sidewalk from cardiac arrest while walking home from a Panera in Florida on October 9th. Now, before he left the restaurant, he had ordered a charged lemonade and had two refills. These drinks come in cups as large as 30 fluid ounces and are free to refill. First of all, does it say how large the lemonade that he consumed was? It says what the sizes are, but does it actually say how big the one he consumed was? On top of which, was he vaccinated and boosted? Well, of course, all of these questions are are thing. Now, in September, college student Sarah Katz, 21, went into cardiac arrest after drinking a charged lemonade from a Panera in Philadelphia. Now, Katz had a heart condition called QT, long QT syndrome type 1, and had avoided any energy drinks because of it, according to a lawsuit filed in October by her family. Now, like Katz, Brown also avoided energy drinks because of a health condition, in his case, high blood pressure, his family said in the lawsuit. His cause of death was cardiac arrest due to hypertensive disease. The lawsuit also noted that Brown had a mild and intellectual disability, and it's unclear if he was aware of how much caffeine was in the self-serve drink, which sat side by side with all the store's non-caffeinated and or less caffeinated drinks. Now, Oh my God, you're literally going to pull the retard card. Retard card. Yes, that has to get written down. Um, it's also unclear what, what size beverage Brown ordered and how much caffeine he consumed. The charged lemonades come in a 20-ounce regular and a 30-ounce large. Um, 
And uh, what, what was the thing that you said that I needed to write down? Retard card. Okay, thank you. Uh, because because uh, you know I'm only I'm only uh, now the three flavors of charged lemonade the Panera offers have approximately 13 milligrams of caffeine per ounce, similar to the restaurant's dark roast coffee, according to the company. And that means that a 20 ounce drink with no ice contains around 260 milligrams of caffeine, and a 30 ounce about 390 milligrams. Now, depending on the beverage size that Brown ordered. That could have put his caffeine consumption up to 780 milligrams to 100, excuse me, 1,170 milligrams in the sitting. Now, the FDA advises a limit of 400 milligrams of caffeine per day is generally considered safe for healthy adults. But a lower level is, is advised for adults with certain medical conditions or who are pregnant or breastfeeding. The agency notes that toxic effects such as seizures can begin with a dose of 1,200 milligrams of caffeine. Now, that's according to the American Academy of Pediatrics, which discourages caffeine in children and recommends a daily limit of 100 for kids aged 12 to 18. I want to know what the fuck a 12-year-old needs fucking caffeine for. But anyway, so caffeine has multiple actions in the body, which can affect the cardiovascular system, the respiratory system, kidneys, and smooth muscles. Overdoses can cause vomiting, high blood pressure, racing heart, heart rhythm problems, and even disorientation and hallucinations in some cases. Now, the families of Katz and Brown have called the lemonade a dangerous energy drink with inadequate warnings. I am so fucking tired of people blaming companies and products for the fact they're just not paying the fuck attention. This is, this is a disgusting bullshit lawsuit that should be thrown the fuck out as fast as it was brought in. Now I, okay. Now I was doing, now there, there is, um, as I was, as you were talking, I was doing a little bit of a research there's because remember if we, if we, if we, when we go to Starbucks, if we want a nitro cold brew, the largest that they will serve of that is a, is a, um, is a, is a, 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 um, a, grand, a, a grande, no, a grande. Oh, it's a grande. Yeah, it's oh. a 16 ounce. Yes. Oh, that's right. So now I went and looked it up just to say, okay, because this, this is on, this is in the, uh, this is from the Starbucks site. It says okay. that, so a, a six, a, a 16 fluid ounce of nitro cold brew has 280 milligrams of caffeine. Okay. Yes. Which, by the way, like a, a, a actually, if you like a Trent of the of the of the cold brew that like we normally get is probably about it's almost at the recommended daily limit of what which uh, which means uh, yeah we're going well above the recommended daily allowance. Yeah, but, I kill at least two Starbucks so, cold brews, sometimes yeah. three in a day. Now, I have been known to. I, I but I, I do think okay. Well, as as far as the lawsuit is concerned, I you know I I, I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm not exactly sure how that you know how that would all play out, but I do feel like that anything that anything that has that much caffeine in it, you should probably have a warning. That's all I'm saying, you know. And I don't think that I don't think it's unreasonable. I mean, there's a reason Starbucks doesn't serve anything more than a, you know a grande of the of the nitro cold brew because it because it's a lot more intense. But uh, it is it's it's just a. Uh, it's just silly. I don't know. I mean, it, 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 this is that that we we've we've come to this. But yeah, you know, it's it's just, it, yeah. I mean. Probably that much caffeine at once is not uh, is not such a great idea. Uh, just uh, you know, I know I have I, I know I have my limits as to how much I can do, but uh, everybody's a little different. But uh, yeah, maybe you should you know, of course you probably shouldn't be having soda anyway. That's a whole different discussion. That is a completely different discussion. As is the next story. Speaking of caffeine, oh, that's that's not coffee. <laughs> that's my Russian vodka. Yes, it is, and so. Um, 
A new paper published in the journal Matter demonstrating how a single squirt of water to coffee beans before grinding can significantly reduce static electric charge on the resulting grounds. This, in turn, reduces clumping during brewing, yielding less waste and the strong, consistent flow needed to produce a tasty cup of espresso. Good baristas already employ this water trick. It's known as the Ross Droplet Technique per Hendon. Now, but this is the first time scientists have rigorously tested that well-known hack and measured the actual charge on different types of coffee. Now, in 2020, Hendon's lab helped um, devise a mathematical model for brewing the perfect cup of espresso over and over while minimizing waste. The flavors in espresso derive from the roughly 2,000 different compounds that are extracted from the coffee grounds during brewing. So Hendon and his colleagues focused on building a mathematical model for a more easily measurable uh, property known as extraction yield, the fraction of coffee that dissolves into the final beverage. That, in turn, depends on controlling water flow and pressure as the liquid percolates through the coffee grounds. Um, Hendon et al. based their model on how lithium ions propagate through a battery's electrodes, which, the, which they liken to how caffeine molecules dissolve from coffee grounds. It sounds, you know, hey, hey, they charge up either way. I mean, you know, I like this idea. Uh, a bunch of s- simulations and several thousand experimental shots of espresso later, the authors concluded that the most reproducible thing you can do is use fewer coffee beans and opt for a coarser grind with a bit less water. Uh, Brew time was uh, largely irrelevant. Conventional wisdom holds that a fine grind is best since more surface area of the resulting tamped down coffee bed is exposed to the hot water, thus boosting the extraction yield. But the group's experiments revealed that if coffee is ground too finely, it can clog the the coffee bed, thereby reducing extraction yield. It's also a big factor in the variability in taste. Now, I want to I want to stop there for a second because I, I have I have this is something I actually sort of came to on my own with coffee. I, I you, you notice that uh, I mean the, the coffee that I grind has, is very very coarse. It is yes a, yes, and in fact I, I'm probably the, the, I'm actually very happy with the coffee grinder that I I purchased for the for the studio. Um, might get I might have to get one for downstairs because it's yeah like, that little rubber piece on the end with stuff falling off. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. That's about the only. That's my only complaint about it. But, um, but yes, uh, this is. I can. I, I. I had figured out a long time ago that this generally re- uh, yields the best. It seems like it re- re- yields the best consistent taste of, of when I make my coffee. Right. So that's yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, and so then the latest research focused on why the microscopic clumps form in the first place, particularly at very, um, it, it, particularly at very fine grind levels. And the culprit is static electricity arising from the fracturing and friction between the beans during grinding. Uh, Hendon thought that reducing that static uh, static would be a good way to eliminate those clumps. The technical term is uh, triboelectricity, which arises from the accumulation of opposite electrical charges on the surfaces of two different materials due to contact with each other. Now, it shouldn't be confused with uh, triboluminescence, the emission of cold light when a a, a material is subjected to physical deformation. The reason wintergreen lifesavers emit blue sparks when crushed they're they're visible in the dark apparently. Um, now lighter roasts have more. Have you never done that? No, I've never done that. But oh, we're gonna have to get some wintergreen lifesavers and go into the bathroom and turn all the lights off. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, lighter lighter roasts have more internal moisture than darker roasts. Probably why I like them. Uh, and the latter is more prone to clumping. Um, the spritzing water on the beans before grinding reduced the static electricity. Now, moisture, whether it's residual moisture inside the roasted coffee or external moisture added during grinding, is what dictates the amount of charge that is formed during grinding. Water not only reduces static electricity and therefore reduces mess as you're grinding, but can also make a major impact on the intensity of the beverage and, potentially, the ability to access higher concentrations of favorable flavors. And so I've actually... so. 
was I was putting the script together last night. Uh, we I actually, I, you know, because because I'm frequently during uh, rideshare radio studio 33, I'm frequently brewing uh, uh, cups of coffee, and so I during the uh, a a a. a a brief, you know, during one of the interludes, I had I had made a cup of coffee, and I said, "Well, I'll put a little bit of water in the coffee grounds as before." Or water, and then I'm mean, not in the coffee grounds, but in the, um, you know, in the in the beans before, and I and I noticed that it uh, um, worked really it, that it that it, it, the result was a, was a which a, a, bit, a bit of a stronger flavor, right? It wasn't, it, 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 but it, it was wasn't bitter or anything, but it, you could taste the coffee more, right? Um, Okay. Yeah, but that's. I mean, that, that's that's to me. It had a different taste. Now, also, I'll I'll speak about the 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 um, the um, what do you call it? The static issue because the coffee grinder downstairs. There's a lot of coffee that gets a lot of little bits of the coffee that was frequently getting stuck to the bottom of the grinder after you know after you grind it. It just would just kind of stay there, right? So that uh, that problem now seems to have disappeared with putting a little bit of water into the grinder before I actually before grinding it. So just to you know, these are these are just small things and they do seem to make a difference i mean it may be fractional bit of a difference but you know if you're gonna if i'm gonna do all of this work to make the coffee i might as well make it the best way i can make it you are definitely a coffee connoisseur my love yes i am much like uh a connoisseur of this next wonderful thing beef stroganoff beef bourguignon irish beef stew beef brisket chateaubriand do you see where i'm going with this Beef. It's what's for dinner. Well, beef is. Uh, yeah, I guess we are having beef for dinner, aren't we? Because of cause yeah, of, technically. Yeah, so I guess it works. Um, a study published in Nature Journal on November twenty second analyzed two hundred thirty five bioactive molecules found in food. It looked for compounds capable of activating a group of immune cells called CD eight plus T, known to kill cancerous or virally infected cells. Now. Researchers found that trans vaccinic acid improved the ability of CD8 T cells to infiltrate tumors and potentially kill cancer cells. Now, TVA is a long chain fatty acid found in meat and dairy products from grazing animals like cows and sheep. In addition, cancer patients with higher TVA levels circulating in the blood were also found to respond better to immunotherapy. Now, this suggested that TVA could potentially be used as a nutritional supplement to complement clinical treatments for cancer, according to a November 22nd press release from the University of Chicago, where the study was actually conducted. Now, while the study did raise the possibility of using TVA as a dietary supplement in cancer treatments, Jing, Jin Cheng, or Chen, sorry, one of the senior authors of the study, warned against focusing too much on the food source. Now, since since there is evidence, which we which we all know is bullshit, that consuming too much red meat or dairy can be detrimental, the study should not be taken as an excuse to consume more pizza or cheeseburgers, he said. Of course, they have to do that to uh, uh, to satisfy the, the the overlords that pay their bills, right? You know, they, they can't just say, well, you know, well, there's evidence. Well, it's pretty flimsy evidence. The last I checked, but I would love it if there was actually credible evidence to say consuming a shit ton of cheeseburgers and pizza would uh, be helpful. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I get on that train. No, but red, but they, I love how. But again, here they're, I'm, I'm you know, they're throwing in red meat with things like things that aren't just red meat, right? Red meat is you know just fucking yes, steak. Once, once again, it's red meat being vilified because it's being lumped in with shit like bologna and lunch meat and all this processed garbage that has guess what 
sugar. That's right. So the November 22nd TVA study comes as there have been significant scientific breakthroughs in recent times when it comes to cancer research. In October, researchers from UC Davis Comprehensive Cancer Center in Sacramento, California, revealed the discovery of a biological switch that could make cancer cells destroy themselves. Now, CD95 receptors, also known as FAS, are called death receptors, said a UC Davis news release. Now, these protein receptors reside on cell membranes. When activated, they release a signal that causes the cells to self-destruct. Now, scientists from Hong Kong Baptist University recently published their findings regarding a flavonoid and licorice root that could inhibit the progression of pancreatic cancer. They also suggested the chemical may boost the efficacy of chemotherapy drugs used to treat the illness. So, yeah. So basically, if you're taking chemotherapy drugs, eat some licorice root. I, I can get behind that a little bit of holistic help for the invade because that's the thing. It's not the cancer that kills you. It's the fucking treatment. It's for dick. Well, yeah. Although, actually, my dad in my dad's case, it probably was the cancer that killed him. But by the by the time they was getting treatment, it was too late anyway. It was like stage four. So, you know, you got that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty goddamn bad at that point. Yeah. And what else is bad? Oh God. Wasabi. 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 Yes, wasabi. Um, You're a fan of wasabi. That's just too strong for me. Yes. Well, this one. Yes. I. Yes. Um, yeah. I actually had a, it. It was. It's funny because I remember we, we. So when we were driving, unfortunately, that one of my favorite sushi restaurants when we were in Santa Cruz uh, was no was uh, no longer in business. The Pink Godzilla. And, and the, Sad. Yes. And I remember on on a few occasions there that uh, I, I impressed uh, other people, including including my ex, with how much wasabi I could eat at once, and. I know people with, yeah, it's, they, they, and I would like shake, you know, with, with, cause it was so, it was just got such a strong hit of it, but I don't do that anymore, but strange man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Get, yeah. Get, yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, now wasabi, that green condiment that spices up your sushi may possess memory boosting powers. A new Japanese study suggests lead researcher Rui N uh, Nouchi, uh, an associate professor at Toko, uh, Tohoku uh, University's Institute of Development, Aging and Cancer, said the strength of the, res the results surprised the team, despite the fact that the findings were based on a small number of volunteers who were healthy. Now, we knew from earlier animal studies that wasabi conferred health benefits, he told C. CBS News, but what really surprised us was the dramatic change. The improvement was really substantial. Now, the research was published recently in the journal Nutrients. The active ingredient in wasabi is an anti antioxidant and anti-inflammatory compound called 6-MSITC, which sound, looks like it sounds like a computer uh, motherboard or something. It does. Yeah, well. There's an MS, there's a motherboard maker named MSI, which was what I was, which is why I made that reference. Which it's only found in trace amounts throughout the plant kingdom. Uh, now, in the study, uh, 72 healthy volunteers be between the ages of 60 and 80 were split into two groups. One took a 100 milligrams of wasabi extract at bedtime, while the rest took a placebo. After three months, the wasabi group saw boosts in both short and long-term memory, based on standard tests for language skills, concentration, and the ability to carry out simple tasks. Now, those who got the wasabi. Uh, saw their episodic memory scores jump an average of 18%, uh, Nochi said, and they scored an average of 14% higher than the placebo group overall. The researchers theorized that 6-MSITC reduces inflammation and oxidant levels in the hippocampus, the area of the brain responsible for memory. Now, volunteers dosed with wasabi showed better performance in associating faces and names, which is often the major memory-related problem in older adults, Nochi uh, noted. And that is actually pretty impressive, I will say. Makes me want to uh, 
get a little more acquainted with some sushi so that uh, maybe I can eat some wasabi. Yeah, we have, to, we have to go to a decent sushi place, which ain't going to be around here, unfortunately. Well, unfortunately not. But another thing I'm not putting in my face. Just a little slice of America. Wonder bread. Yeah, um, yeah. this might just be a big hairy deal for carb lovers. Um, the best kept secret ingredients are blowing minds on social media. Your grocery store breads could very well contain traces of human hair, duck feathers, cow horns, and pig bristles. That's disgusting. Yes. The gag-inducing food production practice was first revealed in a little-known study published in 2016. However, it's just now going viral as more consumers discover that amino acids, also known as L-cysteine, uh, used to extend the shelf life of commercial supermarket breads are commonly synthesized from human hair. While some L-cysteine can be concocted in labs, a cheaper alternative is using human-grown locks for its natural protein element. Now, most of the tasty tresses are reportedly from China, swept up from the floors of barbershops and salons, Vice reported. Now, it's also now this chemical L-cysteine is also used to speed up the baking process, but don't panic. The gnarly ingredients were only measured in trace amounts, according to researchers. Now, those, Oh, yeah, that's supposed to make it all better. Yes. Those set on dead set on not ingesting even the smallest amount of hair can opt to buy fresh baked rolls. Now, also be grateful you aren't easty beer level because brewers have been tasked with turning sewage into booze. Oh, that is just disgusting. Yeah, so this is, uh, I, I'm going I'm going to, I'll paste it in the chat because I'm sure that I've, uh, that I, I, I said it wrong and I'll just, uh, yeah, that, yes, that, that is exactly what we're talking about. Um, but the other thing I guess we need to talk about is, uh, let's, let's go on to our happiness segment now, which. Oh, we need some happiness after that. The key to life is a penis in your asshole. Yes. Uh, so, um, so the sculptor carves a life-size Willy Wonka using 220 pounds of chocolate in London's Tralf- Trafalgar Square. Um, they spent over t- t- 200 hours over two weeks carving a life-size Willy Wonka using what else but chocolate. Now, the six-foot, two-inch sculpture inspired by the epitomous character in the in, in the in the new movie. No, 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 no. Stop right fucking there. No. No. In in the it, yes, we're, we're t- we, the, there is only one movie that, that for Willy Wonka. It's, That's it's, right. It, it stars Gene Wilder. That's that, right. Whatever. Any maybe the Johnny Depp version, but the Johnny Depp version is not bad. But dear Christ, stop fucking remaking this movie. You cannot strike lightning twice. You came close with Depp. Okay. Burton had his great little spin on it. All right. It was a moment in time. But you're never going to fucking replace Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka. Fight me. Well, not only that, but but he was, you know, you know, kind of gave you the idea sometime that he might let the, he, he may not save the kids from whatever peril they were uh, they were uh, uh, experiencing in the story. That's right. Yeah. So you kind of gave you that vibe that, yeah, you know, those things, you know, it's much like life. It's a little scary sometimes, right? Even if you are in, you know, even if you are in, uh, you know, the, in, in the chocolate factories. It was a fantastic life lesson movie, in my opinion. It was. Now, so... Okay, so now the is sculpted into the character's iconic pose featuring a hat tip and cane. The creation was molded and handcrafted from more than 100 liters of melted chocolate by chocolate sculptor Jen Lindsay Clark and a small team. Only the head uses a non-cocoa center. As a chocolate sculptor, this was absolute dream commission, said Jen, who recently created a bust of King Charles ahead of the coronation. Now, just about everyone in the world of confectionery has been inspired by the magic of Willy Wonka and Doll's inventive storytelling one way or another. I grew up on the books and watched the original Wilder Wonka film religiously every Easter and Christmas as a child. Just, 
So to have had the chance to bring such an enduring character to life in chocolate has been such a labor of love. Now, I'm not going to read the, I, I, no, the, the, I'm not going to read this, uh, you know, the the new film. Yeah, whatever. I, I don't care about the new film. Go go watch the Gene Wilder version, folks. It's 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 certainly better. Um, you know, um, you know what? We I think uh, I think this next story. I found this next story, and I think I said, well, this this uh, takes our. Uh, this our really works for us. Happy holidays. Now, a new study, a new and creative study shows that rejecting undesired invitations to parties can be beneficial in avoiding holiday burnout. The study also found that even if the invitation comes from loved ones, they don't care about rejections as much as we imagine they do. More than three quarters of people in a survey confessed to accepting an invitation to an activity they did not want to attend because they were concerned about the consequences of declining. This is supposedly even more prominent over the Christmas season when invitations are typically higher. Now, I was once invited to an event I absolutely did not want to attend, but I attended anyway because I was nervous that the person who invited me would be upset if I did not. And that appears to be a common experience, said Dr. Uh, Julian uh, Givy from the American Psychological, Asso- uh, uh, Psychological Association. Psychological Association. Uh, that's I'm having a hard time... Um, I think your tongue is stoned again. Yeah, it's not stoned enough. Our research shows, however, that the that the negative ramifications of saying no are much less severe than we expect. Now, to get the results, the, the team from the APA conducted five experiments with more than 2,000 participants. In one experiment, the researchers asked participants to read a scenario where they either invited friends to or invited by one of their friends to dinner on a Saturday night at a local restaurant with a celebrity chef. The participants who were given the invitation were told to imagine they declined because they already had plans during the day and wanted to spend a night at home relaxing. The participants who imagined giving the invitation were told that their friend declined for the same reason. Now, the researchers found that participants who imagined turning down their friend's invitation often believed it would immediately have negative ramifications for their relationship. These participants were much more likely to say their friend would feel angry, disappointed, and unlikely to invite them to attend future events than the rejected group rated themselves. Now, across our experiment experiments, we consistently found that invitees overestimate the negative ramifications that arise in the eyes of invite- inviters following an invitation decline, said Dr. Givy. Now, people tend to exaggerate the degree to which the person who issued the invitation will focus on the act of the invitee declining the invitation as opposed to the thoughts that passed through their head before they declined. Now, in another experiment, the researchers recruited 160 people to participate in what was called a couple survey with their significant other. In this experiment, 74% of the couples had been together for more than five years. Now, one, one member of the couple had to write an invitation. The other had to reject it so that they could relax. Okay. That's, that's an interesting exercise yes no that is interesting that is uh that's a weird thing but uh yeah we're yeah we're kind of not doing much for the holiday this year no we we definitely decided to bow out hard because we just it's it's just not our thing you know that that apparently makes you weird if you're a person who says for non-religious reasons that i'm not celebrating christmas i'm not decorating for christmas i'm not giving i'm not receiving not even doing a holiday meal people look at you like you have three or four different heads yeah exactly so um now meanwhile um we i think we have a remarkable bird the norwegian blue in it eh? beautiful plumage 
Yes. Now, uh, a Kiwi professor of zoology was visiting Colombia and got the surprise of his life. Now, the South American country has more birds, more endemic and overall than any other country. But when his companion spied a curious looking honey creeper with blue and green plumage, Professor Hamish Spencer was sure it was a once in a lifetime um, uh, entry on his life list. Amateur ornithologist John uh, Murillo was with Spencer and managed to take some incredibly good still photographs of the green honey creeper. Um, half of its body was blue, which meant that the men were looking at a bilateral uh, giant uh, a, a gyanomorph, or a bird that has half female, half male plumage. Many bird watchers could go their whole lives and not see a bilateral gy- uh, uh, a gyanomorph. Gyandromorph, there we go, of any species of bird. Now, the phenomenon is extremely rare in birds. I know of no examples from New Zealand ever, said Spencer. Now, Marillo and Spencer published a paper on their discovery. Now, published in the Journal of Field Ornithology, it's just the second time that a bilateral um, gyandromorph has been uh, observed in the species in 100 years. Now, Professor Spencer says that Gyan, uh, this has been really hard for me. I don't know why this word is. is uh, Gyandromorph. Uh, I got nothing. That is a hell of a word. Yes, are important for our understanding of sex determination and sexual behavior in birds. Now, the main groups in which the phenomenon has been recorded include animal species that feature strong sexual dimorphism, most often insects, especially butterflies, crustaceans, spiders, and even lizards and rodents. Uh, yeah, the uh, the phenomenon the phenom- phenomenon arises from an error during female cell division to produce an egg, followed by double fertilization by two sperm, Spencer explains to his university press. Uh, He hopes the novel discovery will inspire people to treasure exceptions as they always reveal something interesting. Be always on the lookout for oddities. We'll find the first New Zealand example of a bilateral uh, gyandromorph in a bird. Well, you know. That's just wild. Yeah. But did did this happen to have a photograph? Because I would love to see what it looked like. Yeah. So the, yeah, the, the show notes has uh, if you, so in the, in the link you can click on the link in the in our in our show script and it will take you to the to the article that has all of that. I mean, we'll I'll put one and I'll I'll pull something from in the. Yeah, from, we could probably put a picture of it. Yeah. Uh, as a chapter marker, but I'll bet it's beautiful. Yes, I fa- Yeah, I, I will. In fact, I'm kind of pulling it right now. But what it, what is also beautiful right now, and I've got to actually. Yes, it is beautiful. Our wonderful friend Sir Rev Cybertrucker has come through once again with our favorite segment of the show the cavalcade of stupidity and, and yeah we, and we just got to wait for it to load here and from the from the from the google cloud here we go Heidi ho pedal heads and welcome to the rev cyber truckers cavalcade of stupidity by now on cavalcade of stupidity you've probably heard of devo spice and in case you haven't Let me refresh your memory. He's a cranky web developer with a fetish for rap music. He's covered topics ranging from his hatred of Facebook, schizophrenia, and not being able to make a fucking cell phone call. But I hear you cry, what about Christmas? Well, never fear. The webmaster of thefunk.com has you covered. From his perpetually forthcoming best of sudden death compilation comes a tale of drunken shenanigans, tattoos, and reindeer sex. Everything you need for a Merry Christmas. This is Devo Spice, a Christmas tale. My generation has been labeled with a big old X. Along with it came the stigma of a big old hex. That we're all into all kinds of self-mutilation, body-piercing tattoos, and scarification. But I like to find better things to do, although I do pop the occasional pimple or two. 
I never really cared for that other stuff Cause for me, my emotional scars were enough I decided long ago that I wouldn't treat My body like a walking wall of graffiti So imagine my surprise when I awoke to find A tattoo of a heart right on my behind Merry Christmas, ooh, oh, yo What is this? My It was the day after Christmas and all through the house Everything was a mess, I even found a dead mouse The stockings were ripped off the women on the floor Who were passed out drunk from the party the night before The house was a wreck, I had seen enough It'll take me all the next year to clean up I've been planning this party the whole month of December It looked like fun, I wish I could remember God, what a pain in my ass, I hate cleaning Something on the back of my sofa is steaming I don't wanna know what they did to my cat And speaking of a pain in my ass, what's that? Ow, what the hell, where did this come from? It's a feeling like somebody shot me in the bum I got so drunk I can't remember a thing I don't know what this is, but man does it sting Into the bathroom I rushed like a flash Tore open my pants and examined my ass And on my left butt cheek about an inch wide. Alrighty, well, you know, we will play the entire, uh, the entire, um, um, you know, the, the cal- cavalcade yeah. of stupidity song in Studio Thirty Three. So you're gonna want to hang around. That's right. And now we, now we have the probably gonna be the longest segment of of, the, of this we've done because it's been a couple weeks and we did a lot of shit in the last two weeks. So, yeah, we did. Uh, it's the uh, so it's our toast and jam segment. The thing we still don't have a, a jingle for. So if you, <laughs> some when somebody's got to come up with one here. Um, but uh, <laughs> so. Um, now there was not a there was not a lot of uh, rideshare stories. Uh, however, That's I think because I only worked like one day. Yeah, but we did. But you did have one that we couldn't. We were actually we were, we were puzzled about this because we couldn't. Given what happened, I'm surprised there was like no report of this like anywhere. Not an ounce of coverage anywhere. So I'm coming down 65 north of Nashville, and I'm sure. Everyone has heard about the tornadoes that occurred in Clarksville and Hendersonville, Madison. Well, this just happened to be also in Madison, except for on the interstate portion on 65 that runs through. There is this massive traffic backup. My app tells me, and now mind you, I have a passenger this time. My app tells me that there's an accident ahead. I'm like, yeah, fucking water's wet too, because there's always an accident it's Nashville. This, however, was a real humdinger, as they say. There was a dump truck that had laid over on its driver's side, spilling its dirt onto the interstate lanes. But wait, there's more. This dump truck had hit the front, like the, the side, but up at the front of a Schneider truck and trailer, giant dent in the trailer. You could totally see that impact. And two SUVs rolled over on their sides in front of the Schneider truck, subsequently. No press whatsoever. Not one sentence, not one news report, nothing about this massive fucking wreck. I just find that to be the most bizarre thing because I know I'm not crazy. Myself and everybody on that interstate and my passenger that day all saw that shit. I don't get it. I do not understand how there can be less than no print. You know this thing took a hot minute to clean up. There's no way that there was not a news crew somewhere getting on this shit. I'm just saying. Really weird. 
Yeah, exactly. Now, um, it was also, but what was also really weird was um, what we found in your keyboard. So, okay. The original keyboard, Bluetooth keyboard for my tablet that I got. And by the way, it's actually, it's actually like built into a case for the iPad as well, right? So it's, this, so it makes the iPad kind of into a, into a, to a, to a laptop. Like a little, yeah. Like a little mini laptop. Right. So the first one I got, the power button wore out. It just wouldn't work. So I ended up having to throw it away, get a new one. So the other day I go to turn my iPad on and there's this little piece of plastic that's in the way of me being able to put my power button on. I'm like, great. Something's done let loose and I'm gonna have to buy another damn keyboard for this iPad. So I go to turn it on last night. And again, you know, I'm trying to flick the power button on because it's just a tiny little switch. And apparently it dislodged this enough. Y'all, I can't make this shit up. It was a fucking piece of cat litter because my cat uses crystal cat litter. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. But at least I didn't have to buy a new damn iPad keyboard case again. It was a mere issue of looking at my cat and giving him that you're fucking kidding look. To which, of course, the amount of fucks he has to give is none. So he didn't even acknowledge my existence. Just remember, honey. Whatever misfortune may be your lot, it could only be worse in Milwaukee. Yes, yes, I understand that. Yes. All right. So um, I'm not sure. I'm not exactly sure what story goes with this next thing that's in our in our show notes here. I think it has to. I think it seems like there was a couple. There was um, a discussion. I think with with your with your uh, may have been with your oldest son about when. I thought we already addressed that. I know, but it's it seems like it came up again. All right, we're, I'm going to skip it because I don't need. To. I have. We have still not been able to figure out. Just, I mean, unless something was said by one of your family members while we were in Cali. No, 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 that's not what that. No, no, no. There was this was before. This was in the script from the beginning. So I'm not sure what it was. Uh, okay, going on. so, so I mean, I'm nothing. taking it out. All right. Well, so good. now, let, but the, okay, but let's talk about our trip, and we've got a lot of things to talk about in our trip. So um, yes, of course the um, of, of course the first thing when you do when you go to the airport after you after you uh, check your lug uh, check your baggage in and stuff is you have to go through TSA, right? The Freedom Frisk. The Freedom Frisk, because as no agenda producers, uh, yeah, I know. I know going into those little irradiating nudoscopes that you put you into, yeah, they're probably, you know, given that they're maintained by the government, yeah, that's not so great. So anyway, we were in, so so we arrived at, a, at BNA Airport, Nashville. And um, and I, I want to say uh, to all the No Agenda listeners, we actually saw these new machines that Adam and John are talking about that have the red and blue lights because BNA does have them. Yeah. So, yeah, they've also, they, yeah, they're, I'm also starting to see the, they've got like biometric, uh, you know, uh, that you can opt into, I guess, with at, you know, at right. the, which, yeah, I'm not doing that. They, they yeah, no. Yeah. So anyway, so um, now I've done the, I have traveled with, uh, with, uh, with, with my companion here a, a couple of times now. And so we, we, so I now, you know, I ask the agent for, you know, ask the agent for a male and female opt out. Right. Well, right. so, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with all of this. And so we, you know, they, they, they tell us to stand now they, they came in got me very quickly but um i think you waited 15 minutes before you just said fuck at this at least 15 yes minutes. and they had no fucking there was there was four women around there they're same i'm like why can't you i mean i got i actually got into a discussion with one with with one of the with one of the officers i said why can't you do it well my boss won't let me do it like 
Why? Do, it's like, do you under, cause I'm a, cause I'm a supervisor or something like that's stupid. Like I, this is the stupidest thing now. Yeah. Um, I, I got so pissed. I was just like, fuck it. I asked, uh, one of the guys that was in line. I'm like, do you mind if I just step in line with you? Like, this is fucking ridiculous. And you know, he had no issue. So I literally walked into the machine and fucking snapped my arms up above my head snapped him back down at my side when I walked out and I glared at those fucking agents and I was running my mouth the whole time. I'm like, no, I'll just get the fucking cancer. No big deal. You know, God knows people can't do their fucking jobs. I am so emailing people. There is going to be, Oh, I was fired up. Oh yes, you were now. Um, so now, meanwhile, we had the kind of kind of a different. We had the the opposite thing sort of happened in San Jose, but it was much better. I will, well, I, here's the thing. Yeah. I at some point I had this amusing, aggravating thought. I think it was very shortly after this occurrence had happened at BNA, where I posed the thought out loud: "What the fuck would they do if I said I'm opting out and I identify as non-binary? Who pats you down at that point?" Is is that the way you get through oh. the line quicker? Oh well, now this is here. This is an, um, another. So th- now we get now we get to San Jose. This is this is so this is coming back, right? So this is the San right. Jose airport, which I've, which I've, I've flown out of a number of times. I remember you know remember doing it as a kid, and it had been and it had been probably twenty seventeen since the last time I'd flown into that airport. But, um, but so but in any case, we had so now bef- right before we had done this, and this is actually ties into another story. So, um, of course, we were in California. So uh, we, we leveraged the fact that this is uh, that, that, you know, we, we and we'll tell we'll tell you about the, the story the later. But we we had we had acquired some goods and we needed to make sure that they were consumed before we were uh, uh, before we uh, uh, crossed a point where, yeah, it would, it would probably not be, it would not play well downtown, as they say. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. Emily and I were talking about that and she said that she. She's flown with her vape on numerous occasions. I find that interesting. Yeah, well. I'm like, what about Brittany Griner? She's like, bitch, you ain't going to Russia. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm like, all right. You fair, fair, fair enough. But anyway. However, we weren't taking a fucking chance. Yeah, we wanted to take no but chances. So no, I think you're, I know where you're going. You, you know where they're going. Okay, because, because. So I, we found a great shop that wasn't hella expensive. And they, I think we paid less than $8 or so for this 100 milligram edible, which very easily, because it was a disc, could be folded in half. 50 milligrams to Phone Boy, 50 milligrams to Phoenix. I will tell y'all, we were fucking in the stratosphere before we left the tarmac. It was the best experience. And Phone Boy, even with having to wait for the freedom frisk for himself was just like yeah it's all groovy it's all right that's right yeah so because yeah because when we get there and i'm like the 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 the, the female comes first and i'm like oh okay so this is probably gonna because you know we have to have some karmic balance here so i figure i'm the one who has yeah and i'm and i'm having the conversation with the female one and you know we're we're kind of you know, kind of joking back and forth, like, you know, th- this is ridiculous. How, you know, how hard is this? Yes. Yeah, so when you asked, and you actually asked the question to the, to, so what, so what, oh, yeah, so, you bet your ass. Yeah, Phoenix it was, has big huevos, y'all. Yeah. I did. I looked right at the TSA agent. I said, just out of curiosity, I'm not trying to start nothing, sir, but I'm just wondering with the fact that I'm asking for an opt out, what is your policy if I were to identify as non binary? 
And he stopped for a moment. I think I locked his... And he was a supervisor. I locked his brain for a moment, y'all. It was beautiful to see. But basically, the answer I got was that it's dependent on, like, the person, the agent. Like, he gave me the typical tug-and-chug answer I expected from TSA. Yeah, which which is yeah the the the, non, the yeah the non-committal answer. It's like well, it's a conversation conversation or something along those lines. But that's exactly what he said. Was it? It's a conversation, and it's like yeah, translation. You don't have an answer to that, and to keep your ass out of trouble, you're just going to give me a bullshit answer. I didn't say that, of course, but that was the thought. Yeah, that's pretty much, yeah, that's kind of my, my, too. but I mean, I will say that the, that the TSA agents in San Jose were a lot nicer than the ones in Nashville. They were, they were, they were quite nice. Yeah, they were, they were, uh, they, yeah, they're, they're probably, I think, actually, I think, I think like S, SFO, not, not where we were, but like SFO is, they actually, I think they're, I, I don't think it's. I don't think TSA actually does the security. It and they're actually a little bit nicer. They have historically been a little bit nicer. But I'm also. But that. But I could be misremembering all of that stuff because it's been, it's been a hot minute since I've flown in either of those airports. Um, and uh, it was also kind of. Although um, it's kind of funny. We were we were we were in Nashville uh, boarding a flight to Atlanta, right? And so we were and we were actually um, and we were standing. It turns out we were standing next to a, a Southwest pilot. Oh, yeah, we were totally cracking on Southwest and uh, the fact that you don't have any assigned seating and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And, of course, you and I were just being us because we're podcasters. We're always on. It's just what we do. And we were laughing about the fact of him being a Southwest pilot. I'm like, yeah, just your luck. The next time you have to travel for work, you'll end up on a Southwest flight and he'll see you and be like, I remember your ass. Uh-huh. Payback, motherfucker. And oh, he was he was falling out. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't blame the individual employees for the bullshit that goes on at the airlines. I mean, it, it's just you know, no, no, not at all. Yeah, I mean, we and actually, our, I will say that our flights in general we had didn't really have any, uh, any. There was there was no incidents this time, unlike our coming the Israel trip, which you know had a lot of indicate, but. Uh, now we did the, uh, um, yeah, yeah we, no, nowhere near the aggravational shit as the Israel trip with canceled flights, stupid people who don't understand. You can't put me three fucking hours away from my car and expect that's going to be a suitable answer to how you're going to get me home unless you're going to pay for the ride share that drives my fucking ass from Knoxville to Nashville. Yeah. So uh, now, meanwhile, so we're now, so now we're we're now in California. We're now in California, and we are going to. And uh, it sucked. And and it, well, it sucked, but we did get to do some cool things, and we'll talk. No, guys, I, I gotta tell you all this. Okay, so I booked the flight. I booked the hotel. I went with a hotel that had a quote very good rating. We walk into this place, and these motherfuckers are charging us for parking. I'm like, hold the fuck up. I'm like, I'm paying an exorbitant amount of money for your antiquated ass hotel, and you want to charge me to park my fucking car. Are you kidding? Needless to say, the parking charge got reversed. Yeah, uh, well, not only, but uh, but I've, I've stayed at hotels in that area before, so um, it, it was... It, wasn't a surprise that they were going to charge for parking. I was like, I just kind of accepted it as a course of, you know, a business. I'm glad that you did that. Uh, yeah. You spoke up and I didn't have to pay that. And it was very nice. Um, yeah. I mean, I appreciate the fact she reversed it, but I still think that that's a fucking scam, yeah. especially with what happened 
while we were at the hotel. So you have to love the fact that we are getting ready uh, for the day. And he just gets, phone boy just gets done having a shower. I'm getting ready to have a shower. And I can't make this up, y'all. We get fucking trapped in the bathroom. The door handle malfunctions and we are trapped in this fucking bathroom and nobody can hear us screaming. Now, of course, phone boy got a little bit freaked out. You know, he, he, he was getting a little claustrophobic real quick cause it was humid in the bathroom and we can't get out of this bathroom. I'm like, all right. I'm like, calm down, calm down. It's going to be okay. This nerd MacGyver motherfucker goes, wait, I've got an idea. He takes one of these flosser picks that are disposable and jammies the fucking latch attachment thing for the door and fucking opens the door. I'm like, only you, nerd MacGyver, could manage that. I was so proud. So then we go to... We go to the front desk as we're leaving for the day. We're like, look, you know, the, the door malfunction, you know, can we get this fixed? We come back that night and I asked, you know, were you able to get it fixed? Oh, no, we're going to move you. I'm like, it's our last night here. I am not packing all my shit in a suitcase to move just to unpack it, just to re. I'm like, no, I'm like, look, it's just the bathroom door. We'll just leave the bathroom door open when we shower or whatever, we're a couple, we don't give a fuck. So we ended up not having to move, but it was, the lobby had this like Stanley Hotel, The Shining, like I was waiting for the twins and the, and the fucking blood uh, deluge, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it was just weird. And there was other factors going on as well during the time that contributed to the fact that the beginning of our vacation was not exactly without some wrinkles. Yeah. Now, meanwhile, I'm going to, I'm going to put paste this link. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to uh, put this link in the chat. Cause I, cause I have to, cause now this part of this, now we had to go. So there were two major things we, we intended to do while we were, while we were in California. Number one, go visit my family, which is, which is in the area. Number two, go watch a, go watch a football game. So, um, but uh, now, now I also wanted, now we were, unfortunately because of how things started out we ended up um uh, but we, I, I uh, there were we. I, I, w- I said, okay, well, I'm going to do a drive by on some things, and then you know, while we're killing time before we go, before we go see my family, and so now, mind you, I am sick as a fucking dog. I've got a migraine from hell. I've eaten nothing in a couple of days. I've drank nothing in a couple of days. Don't want to talk about it. Long story, but needless to say, the universe. Thought we needed hard mode. Yes, it did. So uh, now, okay. So we're staying in San Jose. And we're trying to get. We're, ba- we're ultimately. I wanted to end up in, in in Scotts Valley, where my where my family is. Um, now, but I also wanted to go through the. I also needed to go through the Santa. Or wanted, or wanted to go through the Santa Cruz Mountains to uh, to uh, get a visual on a few things that were uh, relevant to the relevant to to my uh, to my past that I wanted to uh, that I wanted to take a look at and and so that and 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 the and there and I thought okay well and so. Somebody might want to see some redwoods, and so I said, "Well, let's 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 go, let's go take Highway Nine, which would be a, which should be a reasonable, you know, a reasonable drive um, through through redwoods, and, and there's a lot of stuff." However, mind you, I have sunglasses on, and I have not opened my eyes since we got 
in the car. I got in the car, closed my eyes, and did not reopen them again for probably over an hour. So, in any case, we had so um, unfortunately. So we're and I'm kind of and I'm also kind of um, I'm not being I'm not being specific in my navigation. I'm kind of allowing the uh, the the uh, the sort of the whims to sort of. I mean, I know the direction I was going, and so I knew when I was going out of out of direction. And so, no, but anyway, I had we ended up on uh, we ended up on 85 going to or, or going get trying to get back to Highway 17, and I saw a sign that said, uh, "Yeah, sir, yeah that." Highway Nine closed at Saratoga Bridge. I went well. I guess that means to get to do what I want to do, um, probably going to have to go Bear Creek Road. Now, um, I had now I posted a picture of this in the chat. Um, if you're if you're live, um, I came to not one but two stop signs, or I mean single lights on Bear Creek Road. Now you have to understand Bear Creek Road's about I think it's a roughly eight mile stretch that uh, that that starts around Los Gatos and ends in in Boulder Creek, and it goes over the goes over the mountain. It's it is a, it is a very narrow two lane road that um, when growing up, um, I it's yes I, I know I know exactly how dangerous that road can be, especially after there's been some storms. And um, like for example, when I was a kid and uh, you know that we I, I lived through the flood of 82 and i remember being in the car with my dad going over going over bear creek road and they you know there was a lot of slides and stuff that didn't even have the little blankies out yet that there's still you know, because because things were you know i mean they had they had uh, so you had to be very careful driving this this very narrow two-lane road and so now apparently uh now according according to my uh, according according to my family and and reports i'd seen yeah there there was uh, there was some pretty heavy storms that occurred last uh, last winter and it actually took um and it, it actually uh caused parts of bear creek road to wash out that's why we came to stoplights because because in order to fix, you know, in order to fix this a very narrow, uh, you know, they have they basically have to close like one of the lanes and, and you know and park a bunch of cars and stuff to try and actually have enough have the vehicles that are necessary to do the work that's necessary to restore the road back to its proper you know uh, proper just uh, you know yeah but then this road yeah they've got a lot of got a lot of switchback turns and steep drop offs and that kind of thing and and yeah it's a, um, and you so you can imagine my partner here sitting there in the car lose basically having probably getting mo I asked her at some point are you feeling okay is like no I'm about to throw up because yeah and I understand I'm like okay honey this is the event you know we could you know, as we we're coming down you know once you come down off the mountain the road is a little bit uh, better but it's uh, yeah because there's these damn bumps that are literally causing you to slam your head against the damn uh seat back yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, the, it is, um, it is, uh, it's one of the, it's, it's just, it, yeah, it's, it's, if you're not feeling well, that is not the road to take. However, we, we did manage to get through it. It was a, um, it was a good test of the, of the, of the, of the, of the, of the, 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 the SUV that we, uh, the, that I rented. Uh, yeah. We got a, a Hyundai Tucson. Yeah. It, it's not bad. It yeah. was kind of nice. Yeah. Was, so we, we definitely gave it on hard mode. And I actually also, while I was, uh, while I went to Boulder Creek, I actually visited the house we had there. Um, and it was, it's a little cabin and, and uh, you know what? What made me sad about that actually was um, the uh, the fact that the, you know, for, I mean the house was a different color and you know and the, the, the you know the, the yard is smaller than I remember it, but the, the road is also like almost like a one lane road. That's how bad. That's how you know. 
and and it's and also that's a hard mode road just getting out of it back onto highway nine because it's so steep actually trying to get up it but but what made me sad there was was honestly the fact that so across the street from my house when i was a kid it was a big redwood forest uh yeah that's all been cut down now and and, and there's ha- there's a house there that's right across the street it's kind of sad but uh um for some reason that impacted me quite a bit um and we drove around a l- drove around a little bit and then we then we uh well we 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 met that we met the uh yeah we, we we met my aunt and uncle and my my cousin and uh and her and her husband and and uh, that's was, right we did yeah. lovely lovely people i am really happy that i got a chance to meet these people that are so important to you yes it, yes and uh and it and unfortunately you were still you you, you were not you were not in a good place uh, so when you came in you were a little quiet but it didn't take you long to jump in and uh, and, and act like one of the like you've been in the family the whole time no i was just being me i know but no but i'm, I'm telling you gordon and i and, and you know gordon has been married to, to to Susie for a lot for a long time and 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 i can and and he i've never seen him so animated you know it's it's, it's amazing like you know this i'm like yeah, I think you're, I think you're part, you know, this is all of this. I mean, it was a great, we were there for a couple hours. We talked, you know, we, we yeah, you know. it was great. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, we also got some information from them. They know several, apparently they know several people, um, that had, uh, that, that had the COVID shot and shortly after died, you know, they, yep. they told, I think it was like four different people. Yeah, exactly. Um, you also got to, you know, so my uncle used to work at a Lockheed and got to, we got to, we got to quiz him about. Yeah, some, that, that was awesome. Especially because, I mean, I've I've known about the shenanigans uh, with Lockheed since driving a truck. You know, they they do those midnight shipments with the black cars and the black tarps and just, you know, invisibility under the cloak of darkness. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yes, it is. Uh, it, it, yeah, it, it's it, it's just kind of a it, it's yeah. They they and I I was able to also get answers to some questions, and now I've got some other questions uh, um, that I because I want to I want to check the other side of the aisle if you know what I mean. Absolutely. Yeah, but uh, so I got some clarification on a few things that happened when I was a kid, and 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 uh, you know it was really nice, and it, I mean it would, and also um, you know I mean my uh, and it's 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 uh, the the one thing I didn't expect to. Uh, understand or or, or uh, get, gain, a, gain a greater appreciation for was just how wonderful my grandma Hattie was. So, Yeah, that was totally confirmed through comments that your cousin had made. And, hey. and they truly, it was fun because, of course, first we tell the story, you know, the family wants to know, his aunt and uncle want to know, oh, how'd you meet, blah, blah, blah. So we tell them the story. And then here comes his cousin and her husband, and we have to retell the story, which, of course, we ended up down several rabbit holes. Gee, what a surprise. Phoenix and Phone Boy down rabbit holes. Yeah, exactly. And that's what that's what we do. But uh, um, but yeah, we um, and so it's yeah, just it was just it, but uh, but yeah, so we kind of we got to kind of get to retell it and add more details and that kind of thing. And with the second time, it was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's definitely for as much as California can be a total shithole. Um <laughs> I can't wait to go back, if I'm honest. Like, I can't wait to see your aunt and uncle again, hopefully your cousin and her husband. You know, maybe the next time we can make, like, a day of it or something. Yeah, exactly. Well, we did. We, we tried to do what we could do. And, and yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Worked within our confines, of course. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, of course, now, part of this also is we, we now, 
Okay, so the we, whole reason we went out there. The whole reason we went out there is because uh, somebody de- somebody decided I needed to go see the Niners and in, in Seahawks in, in, at Levi Stadium. So yes, yes uh, I did. I, yes, I did. Yes, and so um, yeah, we actually um, and, and so uh, unfortunately that meant uh, dealing with ticket bastard as I referred oh, to. Oh, I, I didn't hate them until we fucking got out there, and I go to log into my account and it's telling me, oh, we have no re- now, mind you, I was smart enough to download these fucking tickets and put them in my Apple Wallet. But I log in, or I'm trying to log in, and it's like, oh, we have no record of this, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, bitch, I will cut you. Do not fucking tell me you don't have a record of my account. They made me change my goddamn password. I'm so furious. Well, not only that, it's like when you tried to change the password to what you'd set it to, they said, well, you can't use that password. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you. When, when you try to reset it, oh, you can't use a previously used password. Ha! Huh, so you motherfuckers know that was my password. Fuck you. Yes, well, and you and you completely lost your mind. But in any case, we fig- I did. We- uh, no, not only that. Okay, so to to take a dub step back about the hotel, y'all, Phoenix has a gigantic pet peeve, and it has been a year, you know, very many years that she's had this pet peeve. Cloth shower curtains, unless there's a plastic liner on the inside of that motherfucker, don't need to exist, and hotels don't need to have cloth fucking shower curtains i'm sorry folks i i I need to have this rant to clear my soul because there is no good that can come of a cloth shower curtain you are going to get the water all over the floor it is the most annoying oh my god i was sleep deprived i was food deprived i was water deprived i was just generally in an ugly fucking mood and then i've got to deal with a shower curtain that's cloth that wants to stick to my wet, naked fucking body while I'm trying to take a shower and soap up and shit. In addition to just pouring fucking water all over the floor of this bathroom, which is not that large, let's just say. Oh my God. Like, I, I'm surprised I didn't rip that goddamn shower curtain down. I was having such a temper tantrum. And the look on Phone Boy's face was just one of like, I, I don't know how to deal with this like he had a sheer look of complete dumbfounded panic on his face like what can i do to make this better it's like no baby there is no making this better like this is not your fault now he did make it better however because the shower curtain rod is supposed to be bent and um yeah grody no shit servo so the long and short is that this stupid shower curtain rod had somehow gotten moved. So Phone Boy, of course, realized this. Now, I don't think it was from my temper tantrum. I really don't. Because it, my temper tantrum would have been prevented had this shower rod been properly positioned. Because it's one of the ones that's kind of bowed. And it keeps the shower curtain off of you. However, again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to reiterate the fact that cloth shower curtains should not be, you should not have cloth and cloth. If you want to have a, 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 a cloth shower curtain for decoration purposes, I, I'm with you on that. But for the love of Christ, please have a water barrier curtain in between the two. I don't think that's that much to ask. Most, see, most hotels have gotten smart. They've said, fuck the shower curtain. We're going to put in sliding glass doors. 
or a, a glass door that, that you open. Yeah, I, I like that. I'm a fan of those hotels. This fucking shower curtain shit, especially the cloth. Yeah. I'm I'm not going to keep uh I'm not going to keep ranting on about the shower curtain, but what I'm going to talk about is the fact that we rode the light rail to Levi Stadium. And I had never um I had never ridden on any kind of subway train. The only train I had ever ridden on was when we went to Israel, there was a train that took us to the airport to join the protest. So we were, we basically like phone boy and I had discussed the fact like, no, I do not want to drive to the stadium. Parking's going to be outrageous. It's going to be a bitch, blah, blah, blah. He knew that from previous things. So he was like, yeah, I, I don't like the idea of driving. So he looks up on the, you know, the light rail and like two blocks away from the hotel is light rail station. And that line goes to the stadium. So for five bucks a piece, we both get like a 12-hour rail pass, which more than covers the amount of time to go from the station that we're at to the game, watch the game, and come back to the station to, you know, to do whatever we're going to do. And it was the most amazing experience because first, we met this really cool guy on the platform and he was talking about uh, being from Portland. And of course we were joking because, you know, weed's legal in California. And the fact that Oregon has just basically said, everything's legal. We don't give a shit. You want to shoot up heroin in the park, have at it. Like the Oregon's just lost their ever loving mind. So we had this great conversation. And then it was so amazing how many Niner fans were on this train. It was just out of bounds. Like everywhere you look, just sea of red and gold. And a couple like zits on a perfect complexion were these blue and green motherfucking Seahawk fans. Yeah, I've got to find the picture of that, of that particular thing. Because we no, I, I don't know. No, I didn't take a pic. I actually didn't take a picture of the, the so. Yeah, I guess somebody showed up, like a like a kid, like a fourteen year old kid or something, was dressed up in Seahawks with his with his mom or something. Was that what it was? Oh, yeah. There. So there was a uh, there was this pimply faced kid that I think was like fourteen years old who had a Seahawks jersey on. And his little short mom, you can tell she either was a native Californian or she was a fucking Yankee with that fucking attitude. But anyway, so she's got a damn Niners jersey on. And of course, when he gets ready to get on the train, you know, we're all booing. Look, it's just, you know, it's friendly fire, if you will. And, uh, you know, she she gets kind of like, you know, oh, that's my kid. You know, no, no, no. It's like. Look, we ain't fucking meaning no harm. It's just friendly banter. Like, chill the fuck out, lady. Yeah, we 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 like our team, but you know we don't. We're not. You know we don't. We're not. We were. We're not gonna. We're, we're not gonna fucking. You know. 
lay hands on your little snowflake Seahawks fan. See, see, I've you know having been uh, having been to the, uh, the where the Seahawks play to watch the 49ers play against the Seahawks. I, I have I have been the fan in enemy territory, so I know. So yeah, I mean there, yeah, there are certain lines we you don't cross. Was booing, like get the fuck over it. That's all we were doing. Yeah, there, it wasn't a. It didn't turn into a big deal, but it was. Uh, but yeah, I mean that was it was a really great um, really great experience they're having to, yes. to have to do that. Uh, and then oh, it was fun. Uh, oh yeah, but then and then we eventually get to the stadium, right? And holy shit, what an experience! Experience. Yeah, that w- you have to love the fact that the light rail literally drops you right at the fucking stadium. You cross the road and you're literally walking through the gates. It was phenomenal how close it was. Yeah, exactly. So we actually. So anyway, we um, and so we you know, we go we go through all of this experience of you know where we you know it, it was it was we walked you know you, you walk past the tailgating, uh, which is an experience. Yeah, we have to, you know you have to go through the the, the security and you know, the security theater that they have and. Uh, you know, thankfully we had figured out how to make Ticket Bastard transfer the ticket to my phone, so we could both actually get through the uh, uh, the, the yeah, because it recommends you to do so, yeah. and they don't accept screenshots. So at least I, I have to at least say. Ticket Bastard did not make it difficult for me to transfer that ticket. It's the one few thing yeah, that I, I can say positive about this. Yeah, once we got in, it was, yeah, I mean, I had to create right. an account for it, but no big deal. But anyway, we, so. We, well, I can damn sure assure you it's not going to be the last time we get tickets and go watch a game and Levi by God. Yeah, but uh, yeah, then those seats were really awesome, too. We were, yeah, uh, yeah they were, they were uh, you know, one of the, um, one of the ninth end zones. Row. Yeah, ni- and the ninth row, yes. And in fact. Um, Basically, I'm, almost at the end zone like we what we lacked for being was maybe a couple yards off of the goal line yeah with those seats yeah i mean i got i i got um i got some we got some great photos up yeah we did yeah um yeah i got a, i got a great picture of george kittle i know you got some christian McCaffrey. i got some sweet ass christian mccaffrey having a prayer and then after he got up photos yeah, yeah um there's yeah there's some uh that we also the cheerleader that apparently is going to be the pro bowl representative uh for the yeah for the she was she was in front of our section for a while cute little dark skin gal oh. so you know yeah they, good those things had asses for miles too. Oh Holy my god! F- and the racks on those fucking gals. Jesus uh, the, Christ! Now there, was, there was there was a male out there in, with the gold. There rush. was one, and he was giving it all he had. It was fantastic to watch. The whole situation was wild. Now I got, I got, I got. There's, there is a photo that I'm going to pull that I'm going to pull out here. um, That the one, one photo that I took in the stands because um, I've seen this guy on television. And this is this is banjo guy that he has his, uh, he has his, uh, you know, he wears a Superman cape and he's got a little beanie cap and and you know. And the Superman cape is gold and says 49ers on it. Yes. So this guy, so I've seen this guy on television, right? This is for years and years and years. And so I was literally like, you know, four rows from this guy. And I got I got this great picture of him. And it's just like it was so great to see phone boy so happy. Yes. And yeah, I'm you know, I got I got to I got to get out my fan stuff and and really, uh, you know, I I, I, let's let's put it this way. I let I let a particular uh, member of the Seattle Seahawks uh, uh, know exactly how I feel about him. Uh, Yes, he did. Did. Yes. So, um, and I'm sure you all have seen the pictures on No Agenda, and we'll post them here in the chat of Phone Boy all blinged out in this big ass chain with a faithful to the bay pendant on it. I, I'm gonna have and, to find that photo because I don't think I've posted it yet. But okay, well we'll we'll have. I know you posted it on No Agenda. Uh, yeah. Because someone made a comment on it. Yes. But, 
You know, but of course he, I'm, he was wearing his uh, Frank Gore jersey, and we, he wasn't the only Frank Gore jersey we saw. Uh, there was some Ronnie Lotts in there. There was a bunch of Christian McCaffrey's. Uh, George I Kittle, was Rock and Bosa. That's right. There were several Kittles. It was just, it was such a great experience, and I'm so glad that I got to share it with him. That he chose me to be the person to share it with. You well, know, it's nice to be able to go to the to to the game with my best friend. That, that that's that, that's really all I need to say about that. I think. Tell uh, the story of the guy uh, that echoed Adam's words in the stands. Um. Um, and what is what is well, which which I'm sorry, I think I forgot that. Uh, oh, for shame, phone boy. Well, do, do, so all right, basically, there ends up being a scrum on the field, and it's a bench clear, as apparently they often are between the Seahawks and the Niners. So, of course, we're letting the birds fly in our section against those birds. We were pissed, and I threw up a double bird, and I said, it's the official Seacock salute. And there was a fan next to Phone Boy who was laughing, he, and he looked at Phone Boy and said, she's a keeper, man. Yeah, that, uh, that yeah, that's right. I, I'd forgotten about that. Uh, uh, yes, that, that, that exactly. So it's not the first time I've heard it. So, you know, this is... No, uh, and, and believe me, our throats were very raw by the end yeah, of that I, game. Yeah, I'm, still, so I'm just now recovering from the fact that, um, that, I, that I actually... Um, uh, that, yeah, that that, 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 that uh, from from yelling from that game, but this is. Uh, but it was uh, so much fun. Yeah, exactly. It was it was it was so much fun. Yes, and then um, so- uh, we decided to be a little naughty on our way home from the game because you know a little life into living, if you will, because there just happened to be a taqueria a couple of doors down from the hotel, so it was open, and we decided. Thank you very much. I think I will. And we got a couple of carne asada burritos and a quesadilla, a cheese quesadilla. And I love the fact I got to watch Phone Boy eat a burrito. This man has been constantly bitching about wanting a burrito, but it's hot, fresh garbage, da-da-da. And he said, if I'm going to get a burrito, we're in California. I'm going to an authentic taqueria, and I'm going to get a burrito. And damn sure he did. Yeah, and it was okay. Um, I don't... I don't, yeah, I don't like the tor- I don't great. like I don't like the tortillas anymore. The tortilla was the worst to me was not the was the part I didn't like. Um well, yeah, but that that salsa verde sauce is pretty. Yeah, funny. yeah, and whatever, yeah, whatever, whatever what, that other sauce, sauce was. was. Oh, that shit was too hot for me. Yeah, well, I, I didn't. It didn't wasn't hot going in, but holy shit, was it hot going out? <laughs> yeah, you you were praying for a splashback. Yes, I was. Um, we may not go to that one again. We may not even stay at that hotel next time. But uh, no, uh, we may we might see if we can find a, a different one. I, I have my eye on one in particular. Yeah, um, but meanwhile, um, we just so um, we decided for the for our last day that we would instead uh, we went to Capitola. We went to I ended, ended up taking you to Capitola, and that was uh, and in fact I've got a bit uh, now there was I, I drove. He you to, took me to the Pacific Ocean. I've been begging. I said the only thing I want is I want to go to the ocean. I want to actually be able to see 
the ocean. So, of course, Capitola was the obvious choice for that, which made me very happy. Yes, but, uh, but the thing that ended, ended me getting me there was I wanted to I wanted to go to Margaritaville. Now, um, not I ha- to be confused with the one that Jimmy Buffett opened in 1981. No, that's no, that's that's no, that's when the Capitola. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, 85. Yeah, 80, 85 is when Jimmy Buffett opened his first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So it it was so it was. Now I always remembered it as a kid. It, it was it was a um, there's a place that you went kind of for happy hour to have drinks and it wasn't really a food place. At least I don't recall it being you know anything more than like bar food or something like that. But and it, it so apparently according according to the uh, to the story of the or to the or, you know the the place got sold to a um, you know to a to a to a local hospitality company and uh, they they sort of they uh, they remodeled it and revamped it to do to to do like you know uh, some of the, some of the food that they're doing now and it's a little it looks it's a little bit more upscale but it was also a, we were also there on a Monday off season you know there wasn't a lot of people there but it was still a really it was I mean the, the, it was a phenomenal time the calamari which I had never had before. According to you was good, and I trust you. Uh, it was delicious, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I went, I, yeah. I, I got the calamari. And I'm like, that was actually good. this is actually pretty good. Yeah, the guacamole, good. really. Like, I I'm going to be making guac for Super Bowl because I've never had proper guac and. It was not bad. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, so we're going to, um, but uh, th- th- but yeah, we also um, we also visit. Now this is this is something that that, that was kind of surprising to me. Now when you come into, um, you know, I, I hadn't been to the Bay Area in a quite quite a while now, um, and so when we were in San Jose, we were driving around. I saw there was Pizza My Heart. Now Pizza My Heart is a it's a it's a pizza rest. It's a it's a I guess it's now a chain uh, or a big or a bigger chain that, that, that I actually came over the hill it was originally um actually the, the very first uh, the very first pizza my heart was right there in capitola right you know kind of right you know on the espalante there with you know, with uh, with margaritaville and so um it was and it, it's yeah when i saw it ever i'm like wow it's like you know because unfortunately we couldn't go to frankie jenny and luigi's because that was because uh, they've closed because that because they, they closed the mountain view one anyway and i think i didn't and i didn't really want to go to dublin to have pizza so right um so um, so we decided, we decided to have pizza, my heart and, and, and it went, and cause we were, yeah. And, it, and they had a, they had a, uh, the, the, what I remember of their pizza. Cause I used to, I, they used to have, uh, I used to go get slices of it. Uh, they, they, uh, they actually had a, they had a, um, they had a place. Well, that's primarily their thing is slices. I mean, you can get a whole pie, but they are more like well known as being a, a place that you get a slice or two. Yeah, well, um, so we we each opted to get a couple slices. Um, I I said okay. I saw that they had pesto. I said yes. That, I didn't even need to ask. I asked, "Is that pesto?" Yes. Well, I want that. Right. It's, I, oh my god, y'all! This needs to live in everyone's life. I assure you. Yes. The next time we go, we're getting an entire pesto pie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and it was it was quite a. Um, yeah, it was. So, Great. It was great. Yeah, the other pieces, the other pizza, the other pieces of pizza were okay. I mean, we'd kind of, we, we tried a couple. They weren't of, bad. No. I, I mean, they, they were definitely, they all got eight. I'll tell you that much. That's true. I mean, it was, uh, yeah, this is, this is some good, I, I, pizza was And a it's kind of like Sabaro's where they take the slice and they put it in the oven and 
crisp up the bottom, blah, blah, blah. It's under the same idea. Yeah. But the quality of that pizza was so delicious. Yes. So... So if you're in, so if you're in if you're in Santa Cruz or the surrounding area, yeah, I, I, you know, even though I'm not a, even though we don't normally advocate sugars, grains, and seed oils, uh, yeah, yeah, I, do I, yourself yeah. a favor and get yeah, seriously, you a we, pizza we, we, my heart. Yeah, we got in we got into uh, actually it's funny we were in the in the in, during rideshare radio last night we were getting into discussions about like pizza like the different pizza chains and gerb you know this this kind of way. Oh yeah, <laughs> talking about nobody out pizzaing the hut. And I said that uh, Godfather's You're, Pizza in yeah, the my, yeah, my, yeah, my mom out pizzas the hut, you know, and she's That's dead. That's right. <laughs> so there's, Precisely. It, so, um, but anyway, then now after that, we had, this This is when we had actually discovered that we said, well, we're in, you know, we, we needed, we need a little bit of bump to get us to the end, to get us to the finish line. Because what I had purchased, um, what I had purchased. Uh, the, Talking the, about when we were in yeah, California yeah, still. We're, yeah, we're still, yes. So um, actually the place we went to not, to, not too far from where we were staying was a place called the Purple Lotus. And uh, that's where that's where you got that heavy hitting cart. Yeah, that's that was right. like a gram. Yeah, cost no, a fortune. Yeah, exactly. And and then we've got, uh, you know, and, and but uh, that was that was a whole different experience as far as as far as that goes. But then um, the place we found that we decided to go to in Capitola was called the Hook. And this place was phenomenal. This not expensive whatsoever. We walked out with a half gram cart and an edible for like thirty bucks. Yeah, and they got consumed. I can assure you. Oh, assured. Yeah, exactly. Now, what also got consumed was uh, you decided one you you were you decided on our last night to do a little Grubhub action. So, I I did because I had the fucking munchies. I'll admit it. Yeah. And it was like, all right, this is our last night here, and I'm going to Grubhub you something because I noticed a place that was still open that had uh, spam masubi sliders, and I'm like, yeah. This needs to live in your life. And they had a thing called a Brat Purdy, a little play on our quarterback dog, which was uh, a Brat that had, um, let's see, what did it have on it? It had shredded pork. It had some kind of like, I can't remember all of what I had on it. Had a whole lot of fucking needed that in my mouth and i ate the whole thing it was delicious yeah and, and you had ordered for me because because i you didn't you didn't ask me what i wanted you just said no Trust i'm me. like this is spam masubi sliders this needs to live in his life okay so now also realize he um claimed he was not hungry so he doesn't get to give me a hard time that i didn't ask him what he wanted when ordering him hot fresh garbage that if i had not said i'm doing this would not have happened because he was behaving yes well so Anyway, so so it was not exactly what you. It, so it's it's spam. It's so it's spam that's made up like it would go on the rice, except it's on a little slider button. So okay, actually, I think they were the Hawaiian, the, you know, the Hawaiian rolls or whatever. They were. Yes. So they were not bad. However, um, yeah, we're not doing that again. So. Yeah, I, it was it was a thing. Yes, it was. A th I, I would say all in all, the only thing that will be done again is the pizza, my heart. Exactly. Now. And the uh, weed chops. Yes, of course. Now, um, now we got some interesting uh, boots on the ground from one of your uh, from one of your friends about um, well, uh, you know, uh, vaccines or, or whatever you want to call them. Yeah, um, I'm sure you guys have been hearing all about. You've seen the commercials for you know, ooh, two things at once. Travis Kelsey's talking about you know, ooh, I'll have two things at once: getting your flu shot and your COVID vaccine shot at the same time. Your your booster. Well, guess what, folks? They're now finding out that, uh, yeah, no, you can't do that. 
because people are having massive complications from it. So you need to decide between your flu shot or your COVID shot. I just think that's fucking hilarious because uh, if I remember the story correctly, her boyfriend had actually suffered a Bell's palsy episode after doing so. So doctors are absolutely um, saying, no, you, you have to choose one or the other. Yeah. Well, that's, um, yeah. And of course, it's funny because I start looking at the the, 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 the the propaganda that they used to get you to take the flu shot versus the propaganda that they get you to take the COVID shot. And they're pretty much the same thing. And they're, they're, it's like, oh, it's going to it's going to severely, you know, it's not we're not it's not going to prevent you from getting the flu. Well, OK, well, then why am I fucking taking this? I'll, I, I have an immune system. I trust my immune system to do what the fuck my immune system does. So um, I don't see why we need to do this. But um, it's, well, it's kind of like the conversation we were having with your family about how the you know the point at which i really checked out of even thinking that there was any kind of truth to what these assholes was saying was when you are purporting to have a doctor who claims that oh this vaccine immunity is stronger than natural immunity um check please exactly um so um okay so I'm still trying to I'm trying to remember exactly what was happening. We we have we haven't here Siri figured as much. You had said something and right after you said it, Siri said, I figured as much. And we just fell out laughing. Yeah, we actually I think we were this is before we left. We were cleaning out the closet, I think. It may have been. There was so much that happened over the last week since we've been away. Yeah, the last two weeks, really. Yeah, that. Yeah. Um, what do we want to say about this next item? <laughs> I will say it's tagged as rubber biscuit blowjob, and I'll tell you all why. So, <laughs> uh, I can neither confirm nor deny that we were enjoying some adult time the other night together, and you had simply said, ooh, do it again. <laughs> and of course, that was... Do that again. And of course, that... Uh, immediately triggered the bow, 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 bow. And we started to in rubber biscuit and I'm just dying laughing because yeah, it, it, it kind of sent the mood onto I-40. <laughs> yes, it, it, it did. I'm almost tempted. I'm almost tempted to write that uh, as a, as a show title because it, because it, because of its, uh, you know, and I, the fact that it's being uh, ISO'd, you know, by, yes, by. it can be a show title. Absolutely. Yes. So here's here's some uh, ridiculousness. Again, my friend Nancy, who lives in Connecticut, was telling a story about how uh, her ring camera never activated the other night when they had someone snooping around and looking in their cars. And I found that very interesting because they're. Cox Cable also did not function properly, nor did the neighbors. I can't remember what uh, the neighbor has. He may also have a ring. <coughs> but uh, at, at some point, these people were captured on camera, but because they have their faces covered and the car is probably stolen. And arguably, it's been said that there's literally one cop for six towns during certain hours of the night. So, of course, there's no surprise that there's criminal activity occurring because who the fuck is there to police it? Nobody. Yeah, well, having owned those cameras before, um, 
Yeah, I'm not surprised because um, they are not, uh, you know, the motion sense. You can, you can. I know, I know. When ring cameras, you can adjust the sensitivity, but I, you know, the, the problem I always had with them is, well, first of all, it's now owned by Amazon. It doesn't that doesn't make me feel very good, right? Uh, second of all, um, yeah, the, it would it would pick up the trees, which you know, there's and the trees blowing. The wind, you know, the wind does that a lot in the Pacific Northwest, so. Um, and, uh, you know, and of course, unfortunately, our front door, you have to you have to drive by our in order to the driveway is goes through the front door. So it's kind of useful in the fact that if you wanted to come to our house, you probably you, you, there's a long approach. So there's a good chance that you're going to get detected. But my but, you know, the reality is you're always having to tune that shit and it's not never going to work. I, I'm just not surprised. I mean, it's it sounds like it, it's it's you know, you're basically willing to agree to be a part of the, you know, the, the, the big brother spy network. You know, it's like, no, no, thanks. I have no I have no desire to have any of those kind of cameras. I, I'm, I'm, you know, my, my, my doorbell here, I got the simple, you know, I got the simplest wireless doorbell that doesn't require anything. And it's functional. And, and yes, and you've heard it go off during the show. Cause I had to, I had to go get some keys for, um, um, the, uh, anyway, I'm just from business. I'm, I'm yeah, some business, some business that needs to get transacted. So, um, now, apparently, um, so so if you have if you couldn't tell, um, my my co-host here is a little under the weather, and so um, yeah, I ended up with some crud because of the vacation, but it'll be okay. It'll be okay. However, so so that meant today that I was asked to go to the to go to the store to procure some Nyquil, which is a, which you know is and Nyquil because that's how I combat this shit. As soon as I start feeling like shit, as much as I hate big pharma. I'm killing the NyQuil for bedtime and running on the DayQuil until my immune system can get a hold of whatever the fuck it is and flush it out. That's right. So, um, so in any case, um, now the, I guess because of one of the ingredients that these that these uh, substances have, I have to I have to show ID. Now this is un- so this is this was the only item I was purchasing at our at our local food city, and uh, and so I'm like, okay, well if I'm going to have to show my ID anyway, I'm going to go stand in line now. Unfortunately, at that at that particular moment, there was a rush of people, and they didn't have enough checkers to handle the the volume of people. Now, so okay, no, you know, and blah 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 blah. Finally, get to uh, to 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 check out and pay, and I was a little frustrated by the whole. And also, the the checkout stands at Food City there don't make any fucking sense. But what? Yeah, but, true. Yeah. So, regardless, anyway, I was so I, I was attempting to pay for this item, you know, and I, and and it they was not it was rejecting my payment card for some reason. I'm like. Uh, you know, I know my, I know my, I know my debit card works. So what, you know, and, and they had to call somebody over. It was just like, there's this whole fucking gong show just to get, it's like, why do I need to show ID to, to buy cold medicine? Like, I don't understand this. I know it's some ingredient that they think is bad. And you know, that, that they, it's because of the fact that people use that shit for the manufacturing of meth. Cause they're fucking dumb. Yeah, well, you know, whereas I'm kind of of the opinion that uh, you know, if that's how they if that's how they want to kill themselves, you know, this is this is you let Darwinism take over. I mean, why you know, this- I, I mean, I will agree. Yeah, exactly. Like this is this is a problem that will solve itself. I don't understand why we need to fucking restrict access. Natural to, selection, motherfuckers. Yes, you know, Darwinism for the win. You know, but uh, um, I've been saying that for years. Yeah. Now, it's also for the win here is that we have a we we have a voicemails, and I'm actually gonna we do. I'm gonna open the phone lines. I think because uh, uh, I love when we open the phone lines. It touches me in special places. That's right. So we get we have two voicemails here right at the moment, and then we're gonna so we're gonna start with uh, with this one from uh, this this caller. What up, what up, what up, P-squared? How you guys doing? On this, uh, oh, wait. Man, I just realized today is Saturday, and I think I totally missed, yeah, today's, yeah. 
Well, I guess I'm leaving the vocal mail for the last week's show, and you'll play it next week, so whatever. Um, yeah, because I just saw that question on there. I had a couple overnight days for work, so it just kind of got lost in it. So, uh, anyway, um, still, my go-to, actually our go-to Christmas song, The Wife and I, is uh, P.O.D.'s uh, Christmas Lullaby. Came out, I think, just a few years ago, a couple few years ago. But uh, it's one of those, like, when we hop in the car, like, after we watch Die Hard to start off the Christmas season, uh, every time, like, we hop in the car together, we just always throw this on real quick, and then we'll go play other Christmas music. Um, but we just we just both like it. We like the Sunday Sandoval's voice and uh, just the lyrics that are with it, just kind of like, yeah, it's nice to have a new Christmas song. And uh I'm gonna check the time real quick. Yeah. Uh but just some of the lyrics to it, it's like today around the or yeah, today around the world be grateful for though for who is with us and thankful for the things we have, because some may have and some just don't, but why stay sad when still there's hope someone out there is lonely, it's someone you probably know. Um let's see what other else is there in the song we like. Um Everywhere around the world, exhale and make your wishes. Hold the hold close the ones you love, um, and then just imagine if we keep the spirit more than once a year. So yeah, just a song we'll both like. Um, so that's probably our go-to. And uh, there's just some other bands out there. There's like a band End of Death, I think it's called, but we're just renditions of uh, old old classic Christmas songs, if you will. And uh, yeah. Um, just a little bit more modern twist-ish on them. So, I will sign this to you guys this morning, but give you that. So, I love you guys. Stay dangerous. And whether or not you just missed it, you can always make it up again, right? Look at my hearty. Mr. Christopher Battles, thank you so much. We love when you call us at 253-237-3321 and tell us what your go-to Christmas song is. We love it. Do it. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so mine actually, as I was thinking about this, is that the, the, the one Christmas song, the one, like, legit Christmas song I'd like to hear is Mannheim Steamroller's version of Silent Night. That is a really good one. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I have two. As as anti-Christmas as I am, for me, it's 1,000% not Christmas till I hear Holly Jolly Christmas from Burl Ives and TSO Sarajevo. Yeah, that, those, those are... Christmas Eve Sarajevo. Yeah, I believe those are, those, are, those are fantastic choices. Oh! And we have a live call... Hello, Hello caller. caller. You're on the air with Phoenix and Phone Boy. <laughs> What's up, nerd? What's up, nerd? We missed you. Oh, not much. Ah, I missed you guys. Can you hear me okay? I've got a, a headset for the PlayStation hooked to my phone. No, it sounds fucking great. You're loud yeah. and proud, man. Make it happen. Good, good, good. So, so, uh, favorite Christmas songs? Um Shit, dude. I I really love the uh Trans Siberian Orchestra. Um, but I I think I like it more when you get like the full effect when you can see the whole laser light show because they do a really awesome show. 
but uh, I like when people set up their yards with all those Christmas lights that go to the music and you can tune into the radio station and and you've seen those, right? Oh, fuck yeah, we have. Love those. And actually, TSO oh, was just in Knoxville beginning uh, maybe like I don't know, a week or so ago. Uh, they, they had a show and my kids were talking about wanting to go, but it just it didn't mesh with because I think we were actually in Cali or right before we were leaving for Cali is when the show was. Uh, yeah, I don't remember, but we're definitely going to play yeah, um, the the uh, Christmas Eve Sarajevo in the after party next week. We're not playing any Christmas songs till like right the book before Christmas. And even then, it's probably going to be twisted stuff. Yeah, there's only a few straight songs. Like we'll do the Mannheim Steve Roller. Yeah. We'll do mine yeah. and the TSO. Um, you know, if if someone really has a song that they just have got to hear, you know, we'll play it. Other than that, we're just going to throw a bunch of twisted shit at y'all like we usually do. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, earlier today, I saw this uh, YouTube short and it had uh, Mariah Carey on there because, you know, they, they thaw her out in November. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, she was doing this interview and they were talking about like their daily schedule between the host and, and, uh, uh, and Mariah. And, uh, he was like, well, she said, uh, she said, I'll bet my, my to-do list is the same as yours. And he's like, Oh, I bet it isn't. And he says, my to-do list is things like, you know, go get eggs, get milk, uh, pay bills. And she's like, uh, pay who's who's bill and why do you owe him money and he's like no bills like she's like what what she was not comprehending <laughs> bills the term that you had like she's like she started talking about uh he's like the electric bill she's like no that's that's free uh, no it's not like you're so disconnected for, you've been so rich for oh so long God. you don't even realize that electricity costs money yeah for real wow that Holy shit. And talk about a has-been. I'm just saying. The only reason they saw her ass yeah. out every November is because of her fucking, oh, I want for Christmas. Is, I forget. Yeah, well, it's... You know, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, she's, she's probably been MK'd ultra to our generation, I suspect, and then, so that's probably why they oh, tried her up. Yeah, she she probably doesn't have her own cognitive thought processes at this point. It's it's No, not at all. 100% you know, uh, based on what the handlers say to do. So, and she kind of, she kind of has that kind of fluoride stare too, you know, so. She really does. It's scary. Yeah. And then we get, it was based on the, yeah. based on the chat, I'd say boats and hoes, boats and hoes. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Y'all, seriously, uh, like he watched this movie for the first time. A couple of weeks ago, I was like, we need to do this so you can understand when I start launching into the boats and hose shit, what that's fucking about. Because my kids <laughs> have a few select movies that we would like Love Guru. We will constantly bust off some stupid shit from Love Guru. So there are certain movies that much like him, I have to see certain movies so I understand him. There are certain movies he needs to see so he understands me. And that There's that fag talk we talked about. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. All that fag talk. Why are you trying to fucking up? read that word? Yeah, exactly. Words are hard. Yeah. Well, uh, that's uh, There's, there's, um, might not, 
eighty percent of my daily conversation is is people not catching my obscure movie references. Sucks, doesn't it? I mean, sometimes, but then I can just go about the rest of my day. The conversation pretty much just ends there. <laughs> you know, like they didn't get it, so I walk away. I'm not explaining it. <laughs> so, like, if I have to explain it, you wouldn't understand. Yeah, no, it takes all the fun out of it. You know, this is what I tell people. Take a big step back and literally fuck your own face. That's right. <laughs> and again, I did not realize uh, where that came from until I saw Tropic Thunder, which, of course, we clipped the shit out of because it's an epic fucking movie. Yeah, well, it's probably probably the best. Yeah, movie that, uh, probably the best movie that. Uh, what what the fuck is his name? The the the, the, the weird, that crazy dude, the the, the, the Scientologist. Yes, Tom love. Cruise. Yes, yes. Uh, for some reason, I blanked on his name. Okay, I'm gonna have to call a penalty on the fucking play. If you think that's the best movie Tom fucking Cruise ever made, Risky Business, fucking fight me. Okay, th- yeah, that's good. But I'm, I'm saying that, yeah, that you, it's the best movie that you don't know it's him, I guess. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a... I had yeah. never seen the fucking movie. And yeah, honestly, not sure I would have known that was him. Not going to say I would, not going to say I wouldn't. But it was definitely a really great movie. I mean... As far as shit movies go. Servo says, reference missed, conversation over. He walked away. Yeah, 100%. You know. Exactly. It's just, you know, it's ridiculous. Hollywood is so shit. Did you hear the one about Ben Stiller? He tried to join Scientology, told him he was too short. Jesus Christ. Come on, Servo. My God. We expect better than that. No, we don't. No, we don't. My old lady cannot stand Ben Stiller. She thinks he's just fucking insufferable. Yeah, I I can understand completely her uh, her view. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Yeah, there it is. (laughs) Come on now, what is that? What? Run that again? Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody makes me bleed. Dodgeball. It's dodgeball. God damn it. (laughs) It is dodgeball. Oh, fuck off. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm just having fucking flashbacks with the fucking uh, ripped. When I first moved back to this. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) When I first moved back to this town, um, I got into a physical altercation with the neighbor and. he grabbed me by my hair. For those that don't know, I have fairly long hair. And he grabbed me by my hair like a bitch, which is holding my head down. And he got one good uppercut in, and I tasted blood. And I'm such a fucking degenerate. The first thing that went through my mind was, nobody makes me bleed my own blood. That's like, fucking funny. I'd... It's... <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. That That is good. When, when you're... When your brain immediately goes to that, you know that it, you're one of us. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm in the middle of a fist fight. You know, this guy's literally trying to kill me. He brought a gun and everything, and Holy threatened fuck. to shoot me. And and uh, when he cocked his arm back, I hit him first, and we got to fucking tussling. And um, that's still the first thing that came to my mind was a fucking Ben Stiller quote from a movie 15 years ago. So that's hilarious. cool, I guess. Uh, right, well, I think, oh, yes. oh, was ISO with me in here? Yes, I, I, I ISO'd you, yes. Oh, yeah, there's ISO flying <laughs> everywhere. 
if we're not we're not isolating each other, then we're doing it wrong. So that's right. Yeah. You know? So um, always be Phoenix, without divulging too much information, did your after we had that conversation through text message, were you able to you know kind of have a better time? Yeah, those nudes helped a lot. What? Good, good, good. <laughs> I never knew a skinny white boy could be hung that well. I mean, like a horse. Like a horse. <laughs> oh, like Fucking a horse. Phone boy hits the squee. <laughs> yeah, well, like I had said, like, not eating and drinking anything for a couple of days, like, really fucked my head up. So... Like once some other stuff got sorted out and I was able to actually nourish my body, which then nourished my brain, things were a little bit better. I changed my perspective on the fact that, yes, the hotel was a relatively large pain in the ass shithole, et cetera, et cetera. But but it's also par for the course for that part yeah, of town. Well, you know, that information would have been fucking helpful prior to my book. So it's par for the course for the world these days. That's Jesus true Christ. Too. We have it. That is true, too. She finally got her phone back on. We, we finally got her cell phone turned back on. Um, oh, my gosh. Really? We started this endeavor at 9 o'clock this morning. And as of, you know, uh, about 5.30 tonight, we finally got it turned back on. So. Oh, my God. I don't know how and, you were that fucking patient. I would have long before lost my shit. Here's the, here's the coolest part about it all. We have probably a total of almost three hours on the phone with customer service today. And the last lady she got a hold of was able to fix it in less than 10 fucking minutes. How fucking sad is that? That's just totally the state of the world where people just half-ass and don't want to do their fucking job. And it just takes one to do the right thing. And boom. Problem solved. Fucking diversity hires, man. No, yeah. I, I didn't mean. <laughs> uh, no, I'll, I'll fucking say the, um, the fact we're outsourcing fucking all of the um, the IT and the customer service and shit for every company. Yeah. What do you expect when you have my name is John fucking answering the phone and you have to go through 10 my name is Dave's before you fucking get to somebody. Dave's not here, man. Who may actually speak English and also knows how to do their fucking job adequately. I mean, you know, I give it to them. They're speaking English as a second language. You know, I barely can speak English, you know. As a first but, uh, language, exactly. When they have such a, you know, there's that's, that's an HR thing. When you have such a thick accent that people can't understand you. And you get nowhere, and it's frustrating for both parties. You know what I mean? It's just, whoa, did I lose you? No, we're here. Oh, okay. Uh, but when it's when it's that bad, you know, and, and not only that, we, we outsource to, like, the poorest parts of these other countries. So it's like the equivalent of somebody having you know, a, a thick, you know, Southern Louisiana accent, but in Punjabi. Right. And like, now I can't fucking understand. And I'm pretty good at, you know, I, I've been, you know, been around a lot of places and I've been around a lot of different people. And I, I can really usually understand people with thick African accents, thick, thick Indian accents. I just, it is what it is. But like these, some of these people are so fucking difficult to understand. 
It's so infuriating. Yeah. And then to be on the phone all day and then find somebody who fixes it in less than 10 minutes. It's like, what was really happening? Oh, that's what I was going to say. Is we, we were sitting there, and we're on the phone, and we're on hold. And, you know, she said, thank you. I will process a request for you. And we sit on hold for, you know, 42 seconds. And then she comes back in, and she says, okay, I'm going to send a verification code to your phone, like a 2FA. And we get it, and we read the code to her. And she's like, okay, thank you for verifying. I'm going to process your request now. And we hold for another 30 seconds and she comes back in and she said, okay, I'm going to send you a, a, a code to your phone. And it's like, we, oh we, we just did this. You know, we've right. done this 14 fucking times. I'm still the same person on this on hold with the same phone in my fucking hand. Yep. Like, oh, it's so, so, I'm yeah. So anyway, that was our day. You know, that was super fun. Yay. We fun. Well, well yeah, about as we fun, fun. As fucking root canal with so, no anesthesia. Yeah. All right. Yeah, about as far as hanging my dick on a spiked fence, huh? Ow, dude. About that good. Yeah, it's, but uh, on that on, on that note, I think we should probably give another caller to, to, to join yes. in, my friend. Well, I'm happy you guys are back. It was it was a uh, uh, kind of boring Friday and Saturday, but um, you know we're here now. We're doing that thing. It's a great goddamn time. That's right. Uh, That's right. And we're glad you're hanging out with us, man. Love you. Bye. Bye. Love you. Bye. Alrighty, there we go. Okay. Oh yes. Okay. Now uh, we we have so it, it, you still have time if you want to weigh in on what your uh, go-to Christmas song is. What song do you have to hear for it to be Christmas for you? Oh look, we have another caller. Hello, caller. You're on the air with Phoenix and Phone Boy. Holy shit! This is live. Wow. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Oh, good. Hi, Phoenix. Hi, Phone Boy. I've missed you guys for the. Pe- I've been like pretty much off the radar for the better part of like a couple months, but. Love your show. Keep it. Keep up the good work and all that good stuff. Oh, uh, we've missed Anyways. you. Anyways, huh? yeah. So what's oh shit. <laughs> See, you, oh. Get, you get put on the spot and your brain freezes. It's so much fun. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love having brain freeze. I mean, it makes me feel so good. Like it's ice cold. <laughs> hey, it's all good. Yeah. You know, we we love these moments. That's why we do this show. Yeah, and I thought my phone froze. So I'll try to keep this short, unlike the last caller. Anyways, um, my favorite Christmas song, it would have to be the instrumental version of the Christmas Time is Here song. From, you know, from the Peanuts series. Oh, yeah. You know, and I'll probably get copyright struck for something like that. But anyways, I like that one. And then, well... You know what? I actually like Oh Holy Night by Mariah Carey, but that's just mostly a childhood thing. I used to perform a whole bunch of that, a whole bunch to that song when I was little. So that's kind of sentimental. Yeah, well, yeah I, 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 I can understand that. A, I, I did a choir uh, solo of Oh Holy Night way back in the day. Yeah, I'm, I've I've sang my share of Christmas songs, um, probably religious ones, uh, as a, as a young child, and, but uh I've not but yeah, I I've not done I've done choir stuff, but I don't know that we did I don't think we did anything Christmas related, but I don't know. Anyway. Oh god, when I was part of the choir at the religious establishment that I frequented, <laughs> we did a cantata like every year. And of course, the time in high school when I was in choir. So, yeah, that became one of the very familiar songs. And 
et cetera, et cetera. Like, there's a lot of reasons I don't do Christmas anymore. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, ah, oh, shit. I keep forgetting I suck at conversations. <laughs> but anyways, um, I'm going to hang up now. Um, I'm going to hang up now, so just, you know, take it easy. And I'll just keep supporting you, supporting you guys in the farm. We, we appreciate it. Bye. Bye. We appreciate it. Bye. All right. There you go. So you, you too can be on the air by calling 253-237-3321. Um, yeah, we um, I think we've talked about yeah, we, We've talked about all the Christmas stuff. Um, but I think it's now time for, um, well, I'll keep the phone lines open. So if you call in, that's great. Um, so there is one thing we forgot to mention, and that's the fact that we finally put the sauerkraut in jars last night. And we had a little mishap because we ended up having like 10 uh, quart jars in one pint. And as I put the last quart jar into the water to begin the water bath process, I heard it crack. And I'm like, oh, shit. I had to unload the rest of the jars. I had to wash out and retrieve all the pieces of the jar as well as the kraut that began floating in the water because of course this water was boiling goddamn hot so it wasn't like I could just reach in and pull this jar that had tilted on its side out it was a absolute gong show yes yeah, so this and it was sad that yes that that a that a quart of kraut had to uh, had to disappear down the the memory hole um yes sadly because i absolutely uh i think this is probably one of the best runs of kraut that i've ever done I, you tasted it i did not yes this is pretty good I, and i'm not i'm not I'm not big into sauerkraut, but that's pretty good. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it is something, it's just not something I have, uh, because it's probably because most of it is garbage, actually. That's, it's. Well, you've never pushed your uh, chair away from the table hungry any night that I've made a dinner that included that particular kraut, sir. That's right. It's like I said, it's good kraut. So, um, but what's also good, maybe, is. Oh, no, weirdo. There is no glass shard issue. Uh, as soon as that happened, um, I took the other jars out and I immediately washed uh, the the water bath canner and the whole nine yards. I'm yeah. I'm so not um, I'm so not taking that chance of transferring that kraut into another jar type thing. Like no, I would rather trash a quart of kraut. No, yeah. absolutely not. Exactly. So. Now, meanwhile, um, I think we all could, um, you know, we could all do some with with some of this, which I think is that unless we do have anything else that we you're you're supposed to hit the next clip, you realize, right? We weren't done talking. Oh, we so weren't. eat okay. shit and live a long life, okay, dude. Well, yeah, well, see, this is what happens. I'll take a drink and I might even smoke a little reef. You know, I, I like to smoke reefer. You know, it relaxes me and everything. A couple of doobies, you know, just to get you through the day and everything. But I do not. Freebase cocaine. No, I don't, don't know. Sometimes I wonder if we freebase or not. You yeah. know, but I do know we do this. Smoke weed every day. 
And there are um, there are, there are apparently five other ways uh, to boost your endocannabinoid system other than just smoking weed every day. So uh, we can start with leafy greens. Now, if there aren't enough reasons already, because, of course, all the propaganda out there, um, add more leafy greens to your diet. Now, research has shown that leafy greens rich with, with the terpene beta uh, cariophenylene activate the CB2 receptor in mice models. Now, beta uh, carolophylline is, is also believed to show promise in combating inflammatory conditions and autoimmune disorders. Besides cannabis, uh, this can be found in broccoli, basil, oregano, and rosemary, as well as any, many other common spices. Now, beta-caryophylline uh, may also reduce paranoia and some of the unwanted effects of cannabis. Alternatively, foods high in fat and carbs uh, appear to be counteractive and lower the activity of the CB1 receptor. And I thought that's interesting. So, yes, all the garbage food makes you, that you eat because you get the munchies uh, brings you down from your high. Yeah, I'm. who the fuck doesn't know that? Yeah, exactly. Um, and of course, there's also exercising. Now, if there aren't, so, you know, if, once you exercise stone, you'll never go back. I, I should, That's the truth. I need to actually try this, I think. Uh, you really do. Yeah. So medium to high intensity exercise has been shown to boost uh, uh, anandamide levels, the first endocannabinoid to be identified and, active, and activate the endocannabinoid system. Now, research also has demonstrated that exercise significantly upregulates, i.e. increases the signaling of CB1 receptors and enhances CB1 receptor sensitivity. Now, anecdotal reports suggest that a brisk exercise for 20 minutes or more will make a significant difference and increase the pleasant effects from this phenomenon. Well, okay, that's good. That's that's why you do it every day, I guess, right? Now, if you're not getting enough uh, high, getting high enough, you might not be incorporating enough omega-3 fatty acids in your diet. Now, research of mice models has shown that omega-3 fatty acids increase the synthesis of endocannabinoids and upregulate both the CB1 and CB2 receptors. Now, the downside is that most people probably don't consume enough omega-3 fatty acids to make a significant difference. However, salmon or cod liver oil contains higher amounts of omega-3 fatty acids, and some scientists have suggested that CB1 receptors may not even form correctly without the presence of omega-3 fatty acids, so every stoner should make sure they include them in their diet. Um, Basically eat fish or peanut butter. Or uh, be like Wim Hof and take a cold shower, which will not only tighten your pores, but also potentially provide other benefits as well. Early evidence from mice models suggests that exposure to cold has been shown to increase endocannabinoid levels. Now, researchers observed that cold exposure was significantly linked to an increased density of CB1 receptors. Now, according to anecdotal reports, a cold shower for at least 30 seconds will make a difference. Now, cold showers are somewhat unpleasant, however, so it takes a bit of practice to get used to 30 uninterrupted seconds under cold water. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I think, you know, uh, um, you know, Wim Hof is, uh, you know, it's pretty much a, you know, it's a great example of, yes, take, you know, cold exposure is not a bad thing. You know? This is true. It's definitely gets, takes some getting used to. Yeah. Um, now you can also reduce stress, right? So chronic stress could be harshing your high before you even smoke. So find ways to reduce stress. Now I personally find if I'm stressed, I don't want to smoke cannabis. It, it just, it just doesn't feel like the right thing to do. So now it's, now it says it's easier said than done. Now emotional stress has been shown in rat models to downregulate CB1 receptors. Now high cortisol levels for prolonged periods of time, typically caused by stressful circumstances, like a 25 year marriage to a fucking battle axe. Uh, Bingo. Yes. Also was shown to significantly reduce the ability of cannabinoids to bind to CB1 receptors. And furthermore, researchers say there's evidence to suggest that the ECS needs to be functioning properly in order to adequately deal with the stress in the first place. Now, maybe meditate or do another activity to chill out before you begin a session. I mean, 
yeah. Those, those all seem like good things to do anyway. I mean, what do I know? I mean, it's, you know, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, exactly. some, some leafy, you know, I don't, I, I can't argue with any of that advice. I mean, this is, why is this under the health category again? Oh, that's right. Cause we're talking about cannabis. Um, now that's right. Speaking <laughs> which, we are talking about cannabis. Yes, apparently, I, apparently, I, uh, I, I was hot mic'd, uh, much like we are. Anyway, we're we're hot boxing or something. I don't know. Um, now, people in states that, where marijuana is illegal are significantly more likely to have used products containing lesser-known cannabinoids like delta eight THC, signaling that prohibition may unintentionally promote usage of the loosely regulated products, according to a new federally funded study published in the by the American Medical Association. Now, the research letter published in the journal JAMA Open Network on Wednesday contains what it says is the first ever set of scientific data on use trends for emerging cannabinoids such as delta. 8-THC, CBG, and CBN, as well as updated numbers of the consumption of CBD products. Why don't you cunts just fucking legalize it and cut the shit? Researchers at the University of Michigan, University of Buffalo, and Legacy Research Institute analyzed survey data from 1,169 adults from June 22nd to 26th. The the results showed that the use of CBD has increased by 50% since 2019, with more than one out of five Americans, or 21%, reporting past year usage of the non-intoxicating cannabinoid. And it's interesting that the states that have fully legalized Cannabis have actually outlawed the outlawed the Delta Eight. I just find that peculiar. Yes. Now that's a notable progression, likely reflecting the increased availability of CBD and other cannabinoids following the federal legalization of hemp and its derivatives under the 2018 Farm Bill. Overall, 25% of respondents reported using an emerging cannabinoid in the past year. About 12% of respondents used Delta Eight THC, 5.2% used CBG, and 4. 4% used CBN. Higher Delta-8 THC use in states without medical or adult use cannabis laws suggests that cannabis prohibition may unintentionally promote Delta-8 THC use, the study says. Now, among people who've used cannabis in the past year, those living in non-legal states were more than twice as likely to have used Delta-8 THC. Seems to reinforce a broader trend that numerous studies have identified over recent years. Providing legal access to regulated marijuana products diverts people away from using unregulated cannabis. In this case, without having that access, people in non-legal states are taking advantage of the gray market of cannabinoids that may be technically legal under federal hemp laws, but are increasingly being targeted in state markets due to the lack of regulation and data on health impacts of products like Delta 8 THC. Now, the study was funded by the National Institute on Drug Abuse and the National Institutes of Health, which publicized a funding opportunity for research projects investigating minor cannabinoids last year. Now, the, the, the DEA uh, has said that it considers cannabinoids illegal if they're synthetically produced, as is, as is common practice for Delta-8 THC. But the market for such products has flourished nonetheless with limited enforcement. You know, trust me, everywhere, you know. It, it, oh, you can't... Uh, there are dispensaries that have... Delta eight and all the other cannabinoid products, they're they're more prominent than churches everywhere you go, unless you have a legal state. And that's what bugs me. Yeah. Is they're missing I mean, they're they're playing in the minor leagues with allowing the Delta eight through the loophole of the farm bill when they could be playing in the majors by just allowing a you know, allowing a legalization of something that shouldn't have to be regulated to begin with. But we all know, as you've heard me say on Coffee and Chronic, Monday morning, 7 a.m. with Empress Emily M. and myself, that they don't want you to consume marijuana because then they can't mind control you. It's a fact. 
Well, there you go. Yes. Um, and I, and there's a part of me that actually thinks that, well, the fact that I got, that I, that, that maybe my mom knew something and that's why I was given cannabis at, a, at such an early age. But uh, it's know. quite possible. But I'll tell you uh, some shit you don't want to be given is this shit. You, you might die. Yeah, fentanyl caused a major, a majority of a fatal overdoses in Los Angeles County for the first time last year, with nearly 60% of the area's overdose deaths attributed to increasingly popular to the increasingly popular opioid. Now, fentanyl replaced methamphetamine as the county's most common drug cited as the cause of accidental drug or alcohol overdose deaths, according to a new report from the L.A. County Department of Public Health. In 2022, Los Angeles County reported 3,200 20 accidental overdoses. Of those, more than 1,900 deaths were caused at least in part by fentanyl, according to the county data. Under the county's reporting protocols, more than one drug may be listed as the cause of an overdose death. Now, LA's spike in overdose deaths caused by fentanyl comes at a time of record overdose deaths nationwide. In 2021, 1,700, 573 people died. No, it's 107,573. Yes, thank you, yes. Um, in, in, according to data from the Centers for Disease Control. Now, the number... We dro- don't know how that works. Yeah, the, yeah, it's, yeah the, the, the preventing... Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're controlling only, pre- preventing your life. Yeah, it only fell about 2,000 in 2022, which... You know, it is apparently a decrease of 2%. Now, in its report, the County of LA DPH noted that fentanyl has permeated the supply of illicit street drugs, endangering the lives of casual drug users and those with substance misuse disorder alike. Illicitly manufactured fentanyl, IMF, is cheap and easy to make quickly and in large quantities. It's been found in nearly all forms of legal street drugs and counterfeit pills as drug traffickers intentionally add fentanyl to their drugs to reduce costs to enhance the effect of the existing drug and or to make their drugs more addictive the health department wrote in their report well i mean duh quite honestly it's it's much like the meth shit Cheap and easy to make. Why do you think you had to show ID to get cough medicine today? Mm, there you go. So fentanyl can also be a contaminant when handling multiple drugs with the same equipment or in unclean environments. Thus, drugs containing IMF have variable and high potency and can be more dangerous than often perceived, especially for youth who may ex- experiment with drugs or pills. The county data showed a sharp disparity in the number of fentanyl overdose deaths. The largest number of fatal fentanyl overdoses were among white people and in more affluent areas of the country. But when adjusted for population, black people and those living in high poverty areas died of a fatal fentanyl overdose at significantly higher rates. Now, in the case of race ethnicity, ethnicity, In the case of race, ethnicity, black people account for 8% of the population and disproportionately accounted for 21% of the fentanyl overdose deaths in 2021. Now, the report included some positive data points. Overdose deaths among children fell for the first time in two years. Additionally, the rate of increase in the number of fentanyl deaths dropped significantly, possibly indicating that the number of deaths may be beginning to level off. But health health officials warn the community must remain vigilant to the dangers of the illicit drug supply. 
This is such a fucking trumped up piece. Yeah, well, and uh, yeah, please you, please go to your legal drug dealers to acquire your drugs. Uh, well, this is what I'm saying. One of the greatest ways to prevent people from getting this laced shit is to do things like legalize marijuana on the government level, legalize psilocybin on the government level. I'd even go so far as to say, give us the L on the government level. Everything else, yeah, it, it can stay it, it can stay illegal, but at least give us three different avenues down which we can travel for a happier life. But wait, we can't do that because then they couldn't control our minds. And part of that mind control is, uh, well, th this device, I think, that uh, that we all, uh, you know, hate. iPhone, schmai phone. The way I see it, the only good phone's a landline, and the phone should be made out of Bakelite. What to you by Carl's Jr.? Fuck you. I'm eating. So what are we That's eating tonight? That's right. Fuck you. We're eating. We're having pork skin nachos tonight, courtesy of my oldest son and my mother. Nice. Now, I don't know who did how much of what, but the culmination of the two became pork skin nachos that once we're done doing the show and get into Studio 33, we're going to put in our faces happily. That's right. So, so yes, uh, hang out with us but for that. now. Uh, but in the meantime, there's this great little ditty we want to play for you and tell you all about this story. Okay, that was a okay. So that was a uh, a version of uh, the of Metallica's "Master of Puppets" uh, performed by hard drives and floppy drives. Uh, it's an awesome video. To yes, see. it's an awesome video, and, and yes, it is. Uh, it is amazing what the what uh, these uh, these motherfuckers have done with uh, with uh, with old technology. Uh, now, I we we were I, for some reason I had to actually I think we I, I had uh, I had referred to something as a Winchester drive, and I had to I actually had to go look up the etymology of this. Uh, so. Um, in 1969, IBM charged San Jose project manager Kenneth E. Houghton with developing a direct access storage facility that marked the matched the performance of the high-end IBM 3330. They're fucking magic numbers there. Uh, at a price attractive to low-end system th stroke 370 computer customers. Now, the IBM 3340 hard, hard disk drive that began shipping in November 1973 pioneered new low-cost, low-load landing read-write Heads with lubricated discs and established what became the dominant HDD technology. Al Schutgart identified this new Winchester head as one of the four most significant developments in mass storage. Derived from the original specification of a system having two spindles each with a disc capacity of 30 megabytes, Houghton is reported to have said, if it's a 3030, then it must be a Winchester after the, after the 3030 Winchester rifle cartridge. With a load of less than 20 grams, the ferrite read-write head patented by a team member, Mike Warner, uh, started and stopped in contact with the disc on a dedicated landing zone, but flew over the disc on an air bearing 18 micro inches thick between the magnetic head and spinning disc. The discs, spindle and bearings, uh, head positioning, uh, carriage and head arm assembles assemblies were all incorporated into a removable sealed cartridge called the IBM 3348 data module invented by Richard P. Mul Mulvaney and, Ro and Rudolph W. Listener with uh, capability capacities of 35 and 70 megabytes. A track density of 300 tracks per inch and an access time of 25 milliseconds were achieved. 
The IBM Model 3350 in 1975 turned the, the data module into a non-removable head disk assembly of 317 megabyte capacity that some observers have called the real Winchester and has remained fundamental HDD technology packaging concept to the present day. Of course, now, of course, now we're not doing spinning, uh, spindle, spinning drives so much. It's, we've, it's all gone to solid state. That's what the, you know, the various other technologies are, but you know, we, yeah, but this is uh, but I think you would, yeah, you'd asked me about it. And so I did a little bit. I, of I absolutely had, I was very curious about it. Yeah, because because you'll hear old, you'll hear old dudes named Ben like me talk about Winchester drives all the time, right? And that, that, oh, that yeah. has a very specific meaning. These days, that has a very specific meaning. If it if it has if it has a spin if it has a spinning disc, it's a Winchester drive. If it's a, if it's not if it's a you know, solid state or you know something, it's it's a you know, it's an SD you know, it's a mic you know, whatever it is. It's 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 not spinning disc. Uh, that's that's what I, and, and so that's just. But I figured that would I thought that was kind of an I thought that was an interesting educational opportunity for folks if they ever wondered what the where that came from oh absolutely it it was completely fantastic i I love the fact that you gave that history lesson and i I can tell you i I absolutely hate this fuck the government yeah um so a a pilot of a new self-service screening system which will debut in january 2024 at las vegas international airport this will allow tsa pre-check passengers to complete the screening process with minimal to no assistance from tso's now as screening at speed program john fortune describes this initiative it's like self-ordering kiosks at fast food and sit-down restaurants self-service screening allows passengers in the trusted traveler program to complete the security screening process on their own travelers will use passenger and carry-on screening systems at individual consoles or screening lanes themselves, reducing the number of pat-downs and bag inspections TSOs need to perform and freeing their time to be reallocated to the busier aspects of the screening operations. The feedback we've already received during the testing of both mock passengers and TSOs has been incredibly positive. Now, as of now, there aren't more details of what this exactly will look like, although I guess we'll see it in, we'll see it in March, I believe, because then we'll be flying Yeah, through. sounds like a bunch of <clears throat> bullshit. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. The article that told me about this uh, has some concepts, but uh, yeah, I'm not interested in it. I'm just not. Yeah, no, it, it just doesn't touch me. This other shit doesn't touch me either. Fuck you! Now, um, so I'm going to read the, the headline for this. Now, Google promises unlimited cloud storage, then cancels plan, then tells journalists his life's work will be deleted without enough time to transfer the data. Therefore, the fuck you. Um, right. So earlier this year, the FBI raided journalist Tim Burke's house and seized all of his electronic devices after he obtained and published some leaked video footage from Fox News. As our friends at TechDirt noted, this seemed like a pretty big First Amendment issue. Now, Burke is also facing bogus CFAA charges because he was able to access the footage by using publicly accessible URLs to obtain the content. Where's the problem here? Yes. But with all of his devices seized, Burke at least still had Google Cloud to keep all the massive troves of mostly video data he's collected over the last few years of reporting. Burke said he paid Google a lot of money for a long time for an unlimited cloud storage account. This is a plan that was offered to Google Enterprise Workspace customers for a while. However, in the last year or so, they simply phased out the plan, which really sucked for those who had a ton of data. Now, in email, Google told those who had four used a ton of storage on their unlimited plan that their account would go into a read-only mode and they wouldn't be allowed to upload any more data. Tim Burke and, and his 237.22 terabytes of video files were among those put into read-only mode, which he assumed meant that at least the content would be kept safe and hopefully he could get the feds to return all of his computer equipment. Now, instead, over the weekend, Google reached out to say that he's using too much storage. They're going to delete his entire account in seven days later this week. 
The email sure isn't subtle. Yeah, your Google Workspace. Yeah, um, yeah, your Google Workspace uh, Enterprise Standard for your account at BurkeCommunications.com has been scheduled for suspension. It will soon be canceled, and your data will be lost. As Tim notes, this is his life's work, and even if he had access to to 250 terabytes of free storage, it's not even clear he'd be able to transfer that much data in just seven days. But of course, Google has its big monolith problem. There's no one to speak to. You're just dealing with the machine. That seems bad. But, and yes, some people have asked why Tim doesn't have any other backups around. But again, the FBI took all of his shit. And finding and paying for multiple backup services that can handle 250 terabytes of data is likely pretty cost prohibitive. Now, one hopes that some human at Google might finally realize how bad this is and give Tim time he needs to find another home for the data or just give him back the plan he originally paid for or at least let him store the existing data there as suggested in, in the earlier email. Now, of course, I'm thinking, of, I'm looking at this story going, yeah, I'm sure the government, I'm sure uh, somebody from a three letter agency talked to somebody at Google and made this equipment oh, just. Guarantee it is dripping with conspiracy. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, but meanwhile, um, this is not a surprise. I think you ought to know I'm feeling very depressed. Oh. Now, according to Futurism and Ars Technica, it not, might not just be humans who suffer from seasonal depression or Marvin the paranoid android who, who's uh, perpetually uh, uh, perpetually depressed. Um, now, since late November, users are said to have noticed ChatGTP uh, becoming lazier. Now, the artificial intelligence apparently provided simple results or refused to do tasks. Even OpenAI has admitted that there's something wrong with its chatbot. It wrote on X, formerly Twitter, we heard all your feedback about GPT-4 getting lazier. Now, we haven't updated the model since November 11th, and it certainly isn't intentional model behavior that can be uh, can be unpredictable, and we're looking into fixing it. Now, users were quick to repost OpenAI and make the seasonal depression link. Now, one person on, wrote on X, not, not chat GTPT having seasonal depression, and another said, part of me wonders if chat GPT gets seasonal depression too. I mean, we aren't feeling a little lazier now that the sun's setting at 4 p.m.? Now, while one, per, while one person wrote, did chat GPT get seasonal depression, and added a crying emoji, now that Ars Technica suggested that chat GPT laziness could be due to a winter break hypothesis. Now, that hypothesis claims that chatbots learn to do less work over holiday season because they base everything they know on information from humans. Now, AI expert Ethan Mullick explained on X, oh my god, the AI winter break hypothesis may actually become true. Uh, There was some idle speculation that GPT-4 might perform worse in December because it learned to do less work over the holidays. So, you know... Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, well, garbage in, garbage out. Um... Well, constantly, we know that. Speaking of garbage. Humanity was incapable of solving even its most basic problems, like garbage, which had been stacked for centuries. Yeah, this is really some trash right here. Yes, I, you know, you fucked up. So, in a creative use of the justice system of English common law, a woman in Ohio was sentenced to two months' work at a fast food restaurant after she was recorded throwing hot food in the face of a Chipotle worker. Reminiscent of the Seinfeld episode where Jerry and George come up with the pilot for a TV show about a man sentenced to be George's butler for a year, the woman was asked if she preferred jail time or to walk in her victim's shoes. According to the woman's attorney, the offender pleaded guilty in the court of the Honorable Timothy Gilligan to a misdemeanor assault charge and was given either the choice of 90 days jail time or 30 days with 60 days of mandatory service as a fast food worker in addition to a $250 fine. 
A statement provided to the court by the woman's attorney read that she was truly sorry for what happened that day. I was thinking, Judge Gillian told CNN, what else can I do rather than just have her sit in jail? I don't see her as any greater risk than anyone who walks in off the street, he said, pondering whether her reputation would make it impossible to get a job at a restaurant. I looked at it as someone who lost her cool. She's going to learn how to work in fast food, and hopefully it will be good, said the Chipotle worker who was assaulted. Judge Gilligan hopes for the same, pointing out that it could hardly be otherwise when considering the quality difference between jail food and even a poorly prepared burrito bowl. How fucking pathetic is that? GNN has... Rep- I think that's supposed to be CNN. <coughs> no, that's no. it's actually Good oh, News Network. GN- oh, Good News. Okay. Yeah. So GNN has reported on judges giving instructive sentences before to the benefit of the perpetrator and society at large. Judge Barnett in Hennepin County, PA, gave the benefit of the doubt to a serial nonviolent drug abuser because she had managed to get into law school. That drug abuser, Sarah Gad, became a criminal defense attorney and even managed to win a case defending a client in John Bar- Judge Barnett's court years later. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, so it's po- yeah, so you never know what's going to happen with this. Uh- yeah, I mean, and I I'm all for reform. Like here in Tennessee, you'll see these people who are dressed in like orange and gray stripe and they're picking up trash on the side of the road. And what they are is they're people who have gotten uh, convicted of DUI and part of their community services. They have to go pick up trash on the side of the highway instead of having to serve (coughs) more jail time or something like that. I think it's a really good um, one. It's a good deterrent. You know, if you don't want to have to work in fast food, don't throw food uh, in the face of a fast food worker. And if you don't want to pick up trash on the side of the highway, don't drink and drive. So going on to our next segment. Y'all are a bunch of fucking degenerates. What? This this got me. So the CDC has wiped references to pregnant women or pregnant woman in vaccine guidance and replace them with terms like pregnant people and pregnant parent in an effort in an effort to become gender neutral. Ugh. Fuck you! Stop None of this it. is good. Exactly. Other gender specific terms such as she, her, and mother have also been resigned to the dustbin of history by the CDC. Now we've inclu- we are including in the show notes a screenshot from the guidance on flu vaccines where it literally lists in no less than 7 different places the term pregnant people or pregnant person, pregnant parent and the like. It is fucking dis Disgusting. Exactly. I, I don't even know what to say about it other other than it's not nice to fool Mother Nature. I'm just absolutely mortified that they are getting away with that. I think it's yeah, exactly. But you but you know what? I'm so fucking over this. I've fucking enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah, I think we did too. We we uh, we had a great goddamn time. Yeah, exactly. And so you know, and I think that I think it, I've, it's been a couple of weeks, but I think the show ends something like this. 
Jordan fades back, swoosh, and that's the game! Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, and fuck you, I'm out! You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Back to the shadows again. Fucking A, let's quit the swearing.